Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness. 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 Foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Well, guys, what is going on? This is Brian Sumner, and welcome to another episode of the Foolishness Podcast. It is rainy here in California, so all of you who are around the world, I mean, it's snowing across most of America, don't feel so bad. It was nice the other day, but it's wet and damp, and again, I love that. Look up what a pluviophile is. It's something amazing. But today, I'm excited to have a good brother on. And I say that because even though we've never met, we have so many things in common. Obviously, the Lord, skateboarding, and the rest. But my guest today is a father, a husband, a pastor, about to be church planter. But really, he's just one of us who's walked through the world. God has obviously done a work in him. And today he's going to share a lot. And we're even going to talk about plane crashes. So Mr. Dave Johnson, all the way from Canada, how are we doing? Hey, Brian. Hey, first of all, I just want to give honor to whom honor is due. Thank you so much for having me. I have looked up to you for many, many years. I remember in grade nine watching your skate videos, man. And so for me, like you, you have to just, uh, you know, pinch me a little today as I get to talk to you, man. I'm just, uh, I'm really excited and honored to be on your podcast, man. So you're, you told your wife, I'm going to meet Brian and hang out with Brian and be on Brian's podcast. Oh, you, for you didn't sure, say man. all this two minutes ago. Two minutes ago, you played it smooth and you wanted to make me a blush yeah, on right. camera. No, <laughs> I am so delighted, man, and Amen. really thankful for your ministry. And I know that I was at the Grind Conference, which is a conference for skaters from all around the world. Yeah. And I tell you, there was uh, a couple people who I met there who were Christians because of you. And wow. you may have never met them before, but these are skaters, people who were really impact by, impacted by your ministries and the tours that you did, wow. uh, I think in the early 2000s or something like that, wow. where you went around the U.S. and you got to preach the gospel. I just want to let you know that I've, I've met wow. people that you will only meet uh, on the other side of heaven um, wow. that have been so impacted <laughs> by your ministry. So that just God. made my day. Um, you, you know, and we got to speak about that for a moment. Um, you probably know who, why am I thinking of his name? Living mm. Waters guy, um, Ray Comfort. Ray yes, Comfort, Ray Comfort. You know, with the mustache. Come on. And all that. I mean, yeah, I, I, I know. I got some scraggle. But I heard, he was, I heard he was at a conference uh, back in New Zealand or wherever he was from. And yeah. while there, there was hundreds of people, I think thousands. And wow. in the middle of it, and this is online, he said, do any of you remember that young, I mean, well, he was an old man at the time. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah. man that used to stand outside the shop and pass out pamphlets on such and such a street. And because it was like in this local town where, you know, the yeah. guy had done yeah, it for yeah. like 40 years, all yeah. these people like raised their hand and say, we remember him. Yeah. And he said, yeah. well, that guy just passed. And they were all no like, way. oh, wow. And then he said... I'm just curious, is there anyone in here that came to faith because of him, that pamphlet, or did he play wow. any part? And I think half, half the room stood up. Come half on. the room. And this Come was a on. guy who looked like a fool outside yeah. of, a, of a supermarket, probably giving out flyers. Obviously, Ray Comfort, you know, he's filming, doing all this stuff. Yeah. This guy was probably a prior, because Ray encountered him Absolutely. a lot, might have heard. But I'm just saying... To me and to yeah. the listeners, what does this look like? Because we're definitely going to jump into skate ministry. Yes. When I came to faith with the Tony Hawk thing. I said, what matters? What is of value? My Come marriage on. being restored, all this stuff. And even the sponsors I chose, people said, well, why don't you pick good sponsors? Meaning yeah. you rode for Birdhouse and Audio and all this. Well, my mm -hmm. marriage was wrecked. 
what am I going to try and do? Go around the world, chase an America sponsor or a whatever sponsor? Yeah. Or is a good sponsor someone that just sees where I am, is Go down on. to honor what I'm doing, and I can focus on what was important at the time? So I'm saying yeah. some of these Christian brands came in and allowed me to travel and go in and do yes. events and preach the gospel. And what you're saying needs to be affirmed. Mm-hmm. We'll be in skate parks with 100 kids or 1,000 yeah. kids or a festival yeah. with 100,000. You're proclaiming and they relate to you or me or whoever. They're hearing yeah. the truth. God does it. I have had people say to me this year, I mean, 2023, yeah. 24, yeah. I know I'm hijacking this, but I know you. you you're, no, you're, no, you know, no, please. It's like, true what it is. A you're the encouraging ministry. me, man. Yeah, but someone just said, you know, 10 years ago, you spoke at this park and I was mm-hmm. sitting on the metal ramp, my friends, and we were just stoned out of our minds making fun mm-hmm. of it. And you know what this is like. You get up to, yeah. you know. For those who don't know, an event is like we have a whole day event. We're skating. We're doing BMX and whatever they're doing. You know, I'm not. They are. And then mm. you're giving away food contests. Then you share. And you've been their bro the whole day. Like, there's Dave, and he's killing it, and he's doing these tricks. And you're like, okay, guys, now I want to get serious. So some people yeah. are like, hey, this is not what I'm into. Sure. Some are like, here's the God stuff. Some are like, mm-hmm. hey, let's go. Uh, bait and switch. Bait and switch. Bait and switch, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But this guy, and my thing to challenge people with that is as long as you're sharing the gospel, the power of Come your on. testimony, pointing to Christ, Amen. God's going to honor that and use it. If you're talking about life, death, resurrection, sin, yes. repentance, and what yes. he's done, God is in that. But this yes. guy said, I sat on the ramp, and I was so mad. He goes, I loved the whole day, but I was so mad, and you shared a verse. And he said, since that day... That verse has come up in my life so many times. Mm-hmm. And 10 years later, he's messaging me to say, I'm in church, I'm planted, my wife's a believer, my kids. So wow. it's true. And so to those at the Grind Conference as well, I would love to mm-hmm. drop everything and get out there and do all that. But mm-hmm. I even have, as I've told Beaver, you know, a good friend of ours for those listening, mm-hmm. I try and just go, Lord, what do you have for me? And people message me. Can you come yeah. to Florida where you'll be in a few in a few yeah. months? Yeah, let's um, go. Can you speak at Calvary next week? Hey, can you come do a yeah. marriage thing? If I'm yeah. really the Lord's, if I'm his yes. workmanship, if yes. Dave is, if yes. our listeners are, yeah, come on. what has he got for you today? So, you know, let's go. I, I want to see all those people. I love the skate ministry. I mean, I still mm-hmm. go out and skate, but Lord, what do you have for us? My marriage yeah. being crazy has been yeah. something that's helped people to focus on the good or even the bad that I've seen in mm-hmm. ours, so... But anyway, thank you for saying all of that to 165-pound blackhead skinny Brian. Hey, come on, man. (laughs) It just shows shows you that sometimes the smallest conversations and things that we may have said decades ago or – you know, we may yep. think we may have completely forgotten it, you know? Yep. yep. Um, and, and it just reminds you, I was in uh, Lahaina where the fires were wow. in, in Maui last yeah. weekend. And I was doing skate ministry with One Love Skate. Wow. Shout out to yep, One yep. Love Skate. One Love. We, we, we One Love Skate, are. man. Amen. They are killing it out there. They are putting on <laughs> monthly events, preaching the gospel. It's amazing. They're giving out but, spam and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Whatever. That's probably. Spam, the amount of spam in, the, in, <laughs> in Hawaii, man. Spam on everything. But the one thing that took me, uh, kind of blew me away a little bit was Josh. I was just in a conversation with him just yeah. as we were driving. And he just talked about how there was something that someone said, literally a sentence mm. on a bus yeah. that would radically change and, sh- and shape his life. You know, yeah. we never know yeah. what the power of literally a sentence, yeah. a smile, a handshake. Yeah. You know, I even just thinking about this. I heard of a testimony of a guy who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and what he was saying right before jumping, now he lived, was if somebody will give me a smile, if somebody will smile at me, I'm not going to jump. 
And every person he saw didn't smile. And so he jumped. It's called the bridge, bridge, right? It was that um, episode or whatever. It It was some crazy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you you see that? I seen something years ago, which was radical. Most people die. But he jumped off and lived. And lived. But his his thing was like the power of a smile. Do you know what I mean? Power of a hug. And so... Man, would we as Christians just remember yeah. <laughs> that it's almost like the butterfly effect. You know what I mean? Every single thing that we do, say, even in secret. Remember Amen. Jesus says, he says, man, when you pray, mm-hmm. go into your closet, man. Because yeah. where, where, where you're not even seen, yeah. where people don't even recognize what you're doing, recognize that the yeah. fact there's actually spiritual ramifications and yeah. ripple effects into the yeah. spiritual realm that you don't even spirit? see, bro. Yeah. Yeah, see, we don't even have to ask questions. Like, we can just talk about random thoughts and then go. And we look at like <laughs> 30 parts of the Bible for sure. But it's true. We season everything with grace, your conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, when I came to faith, I'd be in the bank talking about the Lord or here and there. And people would be like, what yeah. are you doing? And then yeah. you had this bubble for 20 years that's like, we can't use Christian words. And we kind of like mm-hmm. bait and switch them where we're like, I have a good life and things are yeah. good and I'm really happy, but yeah. no one really knows why. No, that's Come not on. it. Paul walked in and was like, I want to tell you something crazy about this yeah. false God you're worshiping. Yes. And, and and that's a call to see what me and Dave mm-hmm. have, even on our worst mm-hmm. days, to see what, I mean, so that guy on the bridge lived and then did, did he come to faith ever? Did someone smile at him when he came out? Yeah, I think I think his whole testimony, now he goes around just talking about the power of a smile. I think he's like a motivational speaker. I think he might be a believer. Well, someone but, send him uh, this his video because, bro, uh, Jesus will give you more than a smile. He gave the yeah, one with the well on. living water. He'll give you yes. an eternal smile. But you know yes. what a smile does? <laughs> I'm up early. You can see we're going crazy. But when you smile at someone, you know what it actually does? It confronts them as a person to how you're going to respond. Like if I see you in the street and I say something. Yeah. Are you going to yes. tell me to you know what? Or are you going to respond? So, yeah. But anyway, th- this is all yes. going on. You're up in what part of Canada are you in? I'm in Vancouver, British Columbia. Okay. It's okay. rainy here. I'll show you guys what yeah. it's, it's a it's a rainy day out there. You are we're in looking the spot. At, uh, if you were on YouTube, that, what are we looking at? Yeah. We're looking at a lot of rain right now. Uh, but that's very <laughs> typical for BC. It's not a not a time of the year which is favorable. Uh, but I mean, up in the mountains, you're getting a lot of snow, like Whistler and and Squamish. So those areas are but getting. But in your house, down. do you have any ketchup chips? um you know what i don't but it's very wow. common like you know ketchup chips i love uh, them you know, that's Ameri- why i yeah, love oh, them oh my wife's grandpa he lives in hawaii that's why we go there and we bring him his ketchup chips all the time man that's that's his uh prescription you know you can't you know? get them in america you have to go on amazon to order them so when Are i go to this serious? church in a yep when i go to this church christ city as a joke because i've been there like eight times now yeah. like almost every year amazing church i have to have the pastor on all the congregants bring ketchup chips. As a no way. They do. And I'll be there really? for like three days. And I have like 16 bags. Six, I have s- oh, migraines from probably the MSG or whatever's in there. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, you know. And well, hey, listen, listen, man. If, yeah. if pastoral leadership doesn't work out, I'm going to become an importer-exporter of ketchup <laughs> okay. chips to the States. Okay, Why are they not here? Are we pushing I don't know. I mean, I don't they're, know. they're too good. And my daughter loves them so you know, I'm actually going to put them on screen on our YouTube. People say, are they really real? Because growing up in England, we had hedgehog-flavored chips, if you can believe that. They made all these crazy flavors, and they were good. Yeah. They were nothing to do with right. a hedgehog. But Okay, this is why I have notes. But 
to those listening, um, how do we know each other? Obviously, you said you grew up, I'm a lot older than you, in my 40s, mm-hmm. you see me skating, but I first heard of you because Beaver Fleming, a good friend of ours, I'll link his episode yeah. below, ripping skater, tours the world with Nitro Circus, and just Come the beauty on. of a man, you know, newly married kid, sold out for the Lord. He's like, hey, this guy Dave up in Canada has been ripping. I want to get him on all this stuff. For those listening, Reliance is a company that we are all part of as Christians. We yeah. believe in putting things on there. Even like, you know, my logo here today, Fear God, it's the bear yeah. from Elisha and the Bears. It's yeah, a conversation go. piece. You go to yeah. a skate park, someone asks you, he mentioned you, sent me footage, this guy's killing it. Everything I've seen of you is that you're so intentional. You're pouring out so much energy into everything that you're doing. Um, you're this zealous, like successful, and I mean just focused, driven, motivated, you know, together. But what I also heard about you, that was first. And what I heard about last was last night as I'm looking up more about you. How, how is it that you, you were in a plane crash and that led to you coming to faith? You know, where do we go? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what I was thinking about the other day? Did you know that the very first time Abraham says that God is Jehovah Jireh, God is our provider, that's right after he's called to sacrifice his son, right? Hmm. You know, when we we can have deep revelations of God, but most times it happens right after a very challenging season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see a different we do see a different shade of God. We see a depth of God that we didn't see before. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we can go through every single Bible character, whether it's David or Abraham or Joshua or whoever. And most times before getting a deep revelation of the Lord, it's usually a season of challenge and difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I really appreciate those words, Brian. Thank you for uh, saying those things. Uh, but I want to recognize that first and foremost, God has taken me through a journey. And some of that part journey, like plane crashes, yeah. have been very difficult and very challenging mm-hmm. and have led me to a place and a point where I can't do anything but be passionate for the Lord. There's nothing else for me left to do but to be passionate for the <laughs> That's Lord. That's a weird, right? You there. know, That's there's all nothing you do. left. Yeah. You know, he is Jehovah Jireh. He is God, our provider. He's going to provide. Yeah. And um, and he's good to us, right? And so, well, let me tell you a little bit about my story, man. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. born in one of the most random places on the planet. I was actually born in Reykjavik, Iceland. And, I've heard uh, of it, it, but I bet most people haven't, yeah. Well, it's become a relatively popular tourist place as of yeah. late. When I first came to Canada, nobody really knew of Iceland. Mm. Uh, but as of late, it's a pretty popular destination to travel. But uh, when I was 10 years old, my dad came to me. There was a recession. He's like, Dave, we're going to move to a new country. And I didn't speak the language, had never been here. Wow. And so I remember the moment I get off the plane and I, you know, new language, new country. And uh, and so I came here to Canada and picked up a skateboard pretty quickly after yeah. that, for sure. A hockey puck uh, and, and a skateboard? Yeah, 100 percent, man, you know. <laughs> And I had grown up in a in a house of faith. I remember yeah. having some spiritual experiences that um, I would say were Holy Spirit experiences, you know, like undeniable God's mm. presence and, you know, couldn't really put words to those yeah. uh, experiences. I would say that my faith uh, hadn't really become my own. It was very grounded in my parents and just my family unit and stuff yeah. like that. 
And, Which uh, is normal to train them up. So you, you think about that yeah. verse, we can't believe for them, but we're pointing towards training them Come up. So you're going through the motions. You're seeing what they believe. To our parents yeah. out there who are going through it, yeah, there's things we can say all day. Is like, man, parenting is hard. Kids nowadays are bonkers. But your bend towards the word, mm. uh, the spirit, trying to get to church, Come the on. community, that's the yeah. witness they remember. Like you just yes. said, my parents were believers. That's yeah. enough. Let's just start yeah. there for those who are feeling pushed. So your dad was an example yeah. or your mom. And yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. let's remember that kids, they are taking a PhD in you. They yeah. are constantly yeah. studying you. They're always yeah. watching you. And that's both scary. That's so pray for a me. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's also like a, what a responsibility that we have, right? So yeah. um, I definitely had a, a foundation of faith. Yeah. But when I started skateboarding, uh, I began to really, really see community and identity and just like, you know, the skateboarding uh, shift that happens yeah. in a skater's mind where you begin yep. to look at architecture and the city and stairs and yep. like yep. You, you have these homies. And next thing you know, you have a community that is so yeah. uh, amazing. Yep. But that community no longer is uh, as passionate about Jesus as you are, if at all. And I found myself making some decisions pretty quickly early on that were uh, well leading me down a path uh, of pretty uh, great darkness, right? Yeah. And um, you know, if I can just give this illustration, there's this there's this plant in Africa that when a land when a bug lands on it, yeah, it's got the sweetest nectar ever. But it's got this film on it, Brian, that when the bug is on it, it doesn't actually realize that it's mm. sliding and ever so slowly slipping yeah. down this slope, right? <laughs> and before long, it's too late for the bug, yeah. and it realizes that it's on an incline that it cannot get out of, wow. right? And isn't that – and then it, it sinks to the bottom and is consumed by bugs i mean it's just scary. gets caught up decayed and then just taken in yeah yeah, yeah. taken in and then bugs eat it and then i think the plant you know gets wow. some nutrients from it or whatever but wow. you know this is the form of, this is a picture of addiction isn't it yeah, this is yeah, a picture yeah. of of and it, it it doesn't just have to be drugs and alcohol it could be like you said pornography yeah. it could be yeah. church ministry man yeah. it could be and like you know Podcasting. that plant manifests yeah. in so many different ways but for me it was like just like drugs alcohol yeah. Just like I think, even skateboard identity being good as a skater, you know, um, because everyone's looking like at you. Look plant. what he did. You're jumping down the stairs, you know. And it's not yeah. like you do this on purpose. But someone, one of my old friends, just said, "I love that Brian just said one day, I'm going to be a professional skater." And all that means is that I just set the anchor and said, "I'm going. This is yeah. it. I'm content." So you set. start doing that. What was your era though? Like, were you more into like fresh skating, like baggy clothes, hip hop? Was it the smoking? Yeah. Was it the drinking? So it naturally permeates the subconscious and you're also thinking you got mm -hmm. wu-tang biggie tupac i mean who were your favorite skaters josh kalis people like that maybe or what yeah no i think um some of my best i like honestly back in the day it would have been like you know sight unseen do you, do you remember sight unseen yeah i watched sight unseen that skate video he, yeah, and, and it's on yeah. youtube you should link it too it's yeah. a great skate video but that yeah. shaped a lot of my skating when wow. i was younger who else was um, in that video because heath was in it right was, yeah, Heath's part was crazy. It was the last part, right? Heath's yeah. part. Well, that and yeah, a couple of Americas, but that was like his UCI part, yeah. Yeah, but, but yes, the, the UCI part. Oh, my yeah. goodness, the, the stuff he did on his ledges. So, but I was just, I was permeated in the culture. And yeah. um, and it ultimately, it came to a point where actually my family, I went through some challenges. My parents ended up getting a divorce. And I was kind of fight or flight. So I actually 
flew literally. I went back to Iceland by myself, went and lived with my sister, got my first sponsorship at a skate shop. Wow. Uh, and uh, that was a really neat season. And that's where I met my friend who was a pilot. Okay. That's where the, the plane comes in. So wow. we have some interesting names in Iceland. His name was Gvudni Runar Kristinsson. All right. So we have yeah. some very interesting names. And we just called him G for short. Okay. And so G actually like came that. to me one day and he had just gotten his pilot's license, but he needed to collect 50 or sorry, 500 hours to become a commercial airline pilot, right? To fly the big ones. And he had seen online like a Google ad or something suggesting Hit Meadows, which is actually here in Canada, had yeah. the cheapest um, flight school or something like that. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. he comes to me, his idea, yo, let's go back to Canada where you used to live. And uh, I'm going to go collect some hours and maybe you can buy a car. We can do some road trips. And this sounded like the best idea. And so we came back here to Canada mm -hmm. and it was on the very last day of his trip where we were flying up by Whistler, British Columbia, where the Olympics were. And there was four of us on board Two, uh, my friend Elliot and, and Leah um, in the back. G was flying the plane. I was in the front in the cockpit and we come into this one valley and right away we realized that the valley is really narrow and my buddy's become super uncomfortable like this isn't good he begins to try and pull on the controls of the plane to get it above the ridge of the mountain but there's like winds coming the plane's shaking so it's holding so he begins, you in like a vacuum kind of that exactly right man wow. you know it's i have that no idea draft. i'm just saying wow no it's that draft that comes over the ridge right and, and when a plane's trying to get above it it's just fighting that extra wind and we had wow. Four of us on board. Uh, we were full of gasoline, like we were he we were heavier, you know, plane. And so then my buddy tries to turn the plane around, but it, the, the valley is so narrow, he needs to slow the plane down. And I would say about sixty percent of the way through the turn, he stalls the plane, and the plane stalls. And and very typical to what you would imagine, the the nose of the plane begins to dip, just like a roller coaster. My stomach goes into my chest. Wow. He begins screaming, we're going down. My last final memory, Brian, was hearing the tips of the trees hitting the, the wings. Lee and Elliot screaming and Ellie and G saying, we're going down. And I just remember, uh, actually, my last and final memory was a thought of regret. And what I sometimes speak to students, because I speak all over the world, yeah. is what will, and it's, it's kind of a daunting thing to think about, but what yeah. will be your last and final thought? on earth will it be one of regret like man i should have i could have i wish i you know what i mean yeah, or yeah, yeah. i'm not saying pride but rather gratitude and contentment to say god like just take me like you know what paul says in yeah. in, in the new testament he says to Timothy, he says, I have been poured out like a drink offering mm -hmm. and i have nothing left like at the end of paul's life i love this yep he's like tim I got, I got no more vision. I got no more energy. I got no more time. I, I'm done, bro. I, I've been poured out like a drink offering. I'm, I'm over it. Why? Because I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm leaving life empty. Mm, yeah. And so many times in life, the reality is that people are leaving life full, full yeah. of ideas, full of bitterness, full of anger, full of whatever thing, you know, things that never, yeah. why? Because they never went for it. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's so frustrating. I say to people, Sitting there with going down the mountain, just like what's happening. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. And so wait, dude, you're I nose diving. This. You're okay. Like, and, so and we're like, this. Leah, who's Leah? This isn't like your wife to be. or this is No, friend, no, or just no. So you... Elliot and Leah were a couple. Elliot was like, and still is one of my best friends. He was the yeah. best man at my wedding. Yeah. Incredible guy. 
And uh, there was, yeah, four of us on board. And so, man, we crashed going somewhere around 100, 120 kilometers an hour, which is like, I think, 60 or 55 miles. Yeah. But we crashed into the side of that valley. And I'm unconscious for 20 minutes. Uh, my leg snaps in half. My, you know, I'm, I'm unconscious. But in that time period, Elliot is actually able to get Leah out of the plane. He's able to get my door open. And to think that Elliot, you know, he's safe. Leah's safe. He's covered in gasoline. And he looks back at the plane and he decides that he's going to go back. And he begins shouting our names. Dave, Gwilani. And there's absolutely nothing. We're lifeless. We're, we're, for all he knows, we're dead. Wow. And there's so much gasoline that he has a hard time breathing next to the plane. So he's having to take breaks just to take a breath of air because there's literally gasoline everywhere. Wow. And, and no spark. Thank God. And that's where, like, we actually crashed into an old, old tree. And if it hadn't been for that tree, uh, we would have died. Because there was rocks all over the place. And spark and explosion. Oh, hundred percent. We would have we would have died. There was rocks and because there was a riverbed down there and it was August, so it was there's no water. It was like dry a dry riverbed. But there's this old tree, Brian. And talking about kind of linking this back to our conversation before, here's a seed that was yeah. planted what, like a couple hundred years before that the grew tree. into a tree <laughs> that then died and then took in all that water, only to then like boom, save the lives of three people, right? The tree's last breath was a bunch of kids dry, fly. Uh, listen, was this the first time you'd flown with him in Canada? Like he got nah, the plane? No, man. Like it was like the thirtieth time or something like that. But it was the last day of his trip. Yeah. So I had decided I was going to stay in Canada, and well, it was kind of still up in the air, you know. But nevertheless, boom, he had a t- plane ticket booked back the day after. It's so typical, right? And so yeah. we crash, and and Elliot's able to you know get Leah out but he comes back and he's uh shaking me he's yelling my name and nothing and he tells me that it wasn't until he took his hand and he went and he smacked me across my face as hard as he could now i'm not yeah. suggesting that's good first aid but it worked okay i yeah. boom lights on i come yeah. to and my first words my seatbelt my seatbelt, Elliot, my seatbelt. You see, subconsciously, I knew I was suffocating to death. Yeah, yeah, you see, yeah. we were on an, an 80-degree angle. I had all these supplies on my back. The seat, all the anchors in the seat became dust, yeah. okay? Wow. So I'm hanging, and what's actually happening is I can't breathe. And so Elliot is having a real hard time getting that seatbelt because it's so wedged. Yeah, it's so dense as well, those things, yeah. So strong, yeah. like you can't so strong. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, he's able to get the seatbelt undone. And then, uh, you know, to my horror, I begin to kind of assess the situation. Man, I got a big, like, piece of glass coming out of my face that I need to try and get out of my this face. This is crazy. Like, I-, I read this last night. I'm like, wait a minute. And I-, I think I knew it briefly, like, some video I'd seen, like, I was in an accident. But to see it, you're seeing trees. You hit a mountain into a tree. You have glass coming out of your face. And go on. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just like picturing it for people, you know, so go on. Yeah. Sorry. I just got a call. Yeah, Yeah. man. It was, it was pretty wild, man. And then, so, but then I looked to my left and, and there's like my good friend, my brother, and he is, uh, you know, he's either passed or is passing, you know? And I remember just being like, gee, like, come on, man, like, let's go. You know, I remember taking his shoulder and, and, and there was just nothing, man. And, and, uh, Mm. And uh, when I think back to that moment, it's such a, like a, a sad moment because there was so much potential there and like there's so much, he had so much left in him. 
This know? was the pilot, and he yeah. didn't live. He so he passed. He died, man. He you passed. lived, and then Leah and yeah. Elliot I mean, survived. Wow. In, in, in many ways, he did what you know the greatest thing a pilot could do, which is to save his yeah. his friends, yeah. but to yeah. to die, you know. Yeah. And um, but when I was like, when I saw Gwyneth die, there was something in me, Brian, that was like, I'm not dying here like i'm not this is not the last chapter like this isn't it like i'm not like i'm not but but in every way there's blood my buddy's dead i'm like but there was an adrenaline like get me out and so i'm like i'm like elliot let's go and and i hadn't even come to realize that my leg is snapped in half and it's actually stuck underneath the seat and my body weight is pinning me to the plane and so i'm not only like broken and close to dying but i'm stuck to the plane i can't get out yeah i'm pinned yeah and so and i got no energy man i'm weak man i'm and my whole body hurts bro yeah yeah is this uh, crazy like like you have to go to therapy for all this and you have to deal with all this. I mean, this is crazy. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that. I mean, I think yeah. that's where community comes in. I think that's where the Holy Spirit, Amen. I think that's where God is able to <laughs> redeem and he's able to save and he's able to take the neural network of our brain and to actually use. And that's where actually challenge and difficulty, like I said, from yeah, the beginning, yeah, yeah. actually Abraham. is a prerequisite to deep, deep revelations of God. Yeah, you, yeah. you want you want to know God. You want to know the depth of of wisdom. It comes yeah. through experience, and most times it's the path. The pathway is pain. Yeah. Think about the gym. People who want to grow yeah. and and become big, the pathway is pain. Think about muscles. yeah, yeah. It's painful, bro. It's yeah. it's not easy. Think about skateboarding. You want to be a really good skateboarder. <laughs> the pathway is pain. Yeah, from feeble right? aren't easy. You're gonna get pitched. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get <laughs> well, pitched. Not for me. Yeah. Well, you know, but you know what I'm saying, you know, but people don't want to go through the pain. Yeah, because, you know, and Paul Washer used to say this, for God to really use a person, he has to break you into a million pieces. So you look at the Old Testament and we're like, you know, it's crazy. No, it's not. It's God. It's God ministering through man, through woman, using them and their circumstances. But you're on a hillside. Which part of your leg was it? Like your femur? (laughs) Yeah, my my femur was broken in in two places. And so I, it just looks like a second knee joint, but imagine like halfway between your hip and your, your knee. Like imagine that that's where my leg is bent in half and it's underneath the seat and I can see my heel, my, my leg, but it's backwards. Okay, where your toe is is where my heel is. Okay? This is crazy, yeah. And so uh, my my friend Elliot's like, okay, I'm going to lift up the seat. So Elliot pushes the seat up as hard as he could, and I have to yank my leg out from underneath the seat. And it's lodged, bro. You know, it's stuck. And, and, and beside your femur is the largest artery in your body. And actually what happens many times is people will get into car accidents. They'll get into serious accidents like mine. Yeah. And they'll they'll have this urge. To, to, to unpin themselves and what can many times happen is yeah. that broken bone can cut the artery and you have anywhere between seven to ten minutes and you're dead yeah you bleed to death you bleed it's out common. you bleed out you bleed out internally to death death yeah and by by god's grace by his angels on high wow he uh i didn't do that so yeah. i get my leg i get my leg out wow and i get on elliot's back and beside the plane, like I said, there's rocks and an old riverbed. And I'm telling you, it's mossy. It's slippery. And Elliot, I tell you, 
he had the balance of Spider-Man, the guy. He's holding me. He's balancing me. He's just like this. And actually, you know what? I started, we used to work out, you know, when, you know, when yeah. kids in, in high school, like before they actually have any testosterone, they like work out, they got these tiny little muscles. It's kind of pointless. It's like, yo, you should just wait for your like hormones to kick in. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like me and Elliot used to like go to Gold's gym, you know what I mean? And like work out and we'd shout one of the down, come on, man, you know? Yeah. And dude, so I, I start yelling, come on, Elliot, you used a bunch of 125 pounds. You know, <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm shouting. I'm shouting them down, bro. Well, because and, uh, you just so, crashed and you're thinking, just for those listening, you know, testosterone is a really good thing. Like, it's why we go to war. It's why we can protect. Yeah. It's why we can die to self. It can be yeah. a bad thing when it's aimed at anger and pornography and hatred and all the rest. Sure. But immediately, your only option is, I'm not going to die here. But you you start getting taken. Do you leave the plane and then your friend's there? And you yeah, my friend, my friend is still in the plane. I mean, he just needs to get me out of the plane. And so Elliot carries me. Survivor, yeah. Yeah, he actually, you know what? Halfway through, I don't I don't share this part of the story all the time, but I'll share it now. He puts me down for a moment. And you know, he I'm like, I'm standing up, I'm holding onto a branch like this, Brian. Yeah. And there's and and I'm looking at my leg, and my leg is just like a noodle, no structural support, no femur. Femur's not you know no structure it's like 40 but 60 I'm, pounds floating around on the yeah end of- I, but my mind i mean i maybe i'm out of a little adrenaline i'm literally my my first thought brian this is the skater am i gonna be able to skate yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like am i am how what's what's That's the severity what of this injury yeah, yeah, like you. literally one of the first things that i think about is how long is am i out for <laughs> like Come on, Dave. There's like a hundred other things you can be thinking about, you know? Like, am I going to live? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, is this going to, you know? So I actually let go of the branch to see if my leg will support me. And my leg noodles. And I do the splits, bro. My gosh. Yeah. And Elliot's like, you know, words that are not appropriate for this podcast come out of his mouth. He picks I was me gonna up. Ask you know? that. I was going to say, I'm sure someone else is just saying certain words 500 times, like in shock, like what's going on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he puts me down by where Leah was and, you know, maybe I'll send a few pictures along your way. Yeah. And, um, and wow. it's there that we're actually waiting for search and rescue. I think somewhere around five and a half hours from the point of the plane crash to the actual point where I got to the hospital is somewhere around five and a half or six hours, bro. What year was and this real quick? So I can picture. This was 2007. So what, you had a cell phone? Like, was there an Apple No, phone so, so no like cell a- phone reception. But you know what? My friend did have a cell phone. You know, you know the old razors, you know, the Motorola yeah. Razor? Yeah. Yep. When I grabbed my cell phone from my pocket, my Motorola Razor, it was in 20 pieces. It was, it was, shattered. it was in 20, it was shattered. My God. In in twenty pieces in my yeah. pocket, in my front pocket, it was mm. shattered. But my friend's cell phone, uh, which was like a flip phone, he managed to take like some pictures, which wow. is pretty crazy. And he, we have pictures. You can see pictures of me like all bandaged up, blood all over the face. Wow. You can see Leah there with a bloody hand. And, and uh, I'm just trying I'm to picture you, the background of the mountain. I loved. I'm just trying to be like, what am I seeing? Like a gorillas in the mist, the movie, or like you know, Lord of the Rings, or like honestly, it's just like a very Pacific Northwest forest. You know, just like lots of cedars, and you know, wow. and uh, yeah. So you in get that down time there, period, like man, noodling and all this stuff. Yeah, and then what? Yeah, five and I'm, hours and I'm there, the just waiting. We're we're waiting, and honestly, it was those moments where I feel like God did most of His 
initial work in my life where I began to cry out to God. And Psalm 40 says this, it says, I cried out to the Lord. He heard me and he pulled me out of the pit, out of the slide, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet upon a rock. He gave me a new song to sing. Many will see and put their faith in the Lord. Man, I was just like David. I was crying out to God. I was literally in a pit of slime. There was no way for me to get out. The mud and mire, you try and climb out of that pit, there's nothing. Just like that, what we are talking about before, yeah. that plant. Yeah. I was in the pit of the plant, man. <laughs> I was at the bottom and I was looking up and I was saying, God, please help me. And you and, meant God. You weren't just thinking oh, about I it. Oh, I knew. Uh, Jesus parents, Christ, God, the Lord of Lords, yeah. and the King of Kings, the one who was reigning in the third heaven. That yeah. one. I'm like, I'm like, Jesus, please, <laughs> like, help me. Was there any know? kind of like, I'm all in, I'm all sold out, get me through this? Or was it just like, help me? No, was it, was, the, yeah. it was a fumbling prayer of like, God, like, just get us out of here. And if you do, God, I'll give you my life, you know? Like, it was, God needed to get me to the end of myself in order for myself to be born again. You know what I mean? And the reality is, yeah. is that, you know, have you heard about a tactic in Africa where uh, they will take a coconut and they'll put peanuts in a coconut and then what they'll do is they'll wait for a monkey to come along and a monkey will see those peanuts and they'll go and grab them. And now all those guys, what they have to do is they have to just chase after that monkey. And guess what? The monkey won't let go of the peanuts. And now he's unable to climb a tree as well as he as he can with two hands. Catch him and, and they catch him easier. And the monkey will lose his own life because he won't let yeah, go yeah, of the yeah. peanuts. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? In so many ways, many times in life, we hold on to our peanuts, man. Yeah. <laughs> we hold yeah. on to our nuts. Okay, yeah. sorry. The 14-year-old is <laughs> making jokes. I'm sure but you got you know a couple I mean? of 30-year-olds laughing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But you know what I mean? Like, I think that I needed to let go of things in my life. I needed to come to the end of myself to finally let go and surrender. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um, God is so faithful. You know, God. You know the, the the doctrine of ex nihilio, where God creates everything out of nothing. And I think that the ingredients mm. for greatness for God is 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 literally you at the end of yourself, you with nothing. Yeah, yeah. you know, Paul with but the nothing. Moon God. Yeah, it's all the and, and God says, Lord. God says, okay, now you now you, you got nothing left, yeah. and now all and now you actually have the most important thing, which is me. <laughs> Which is God, you know what I mean? Well, people need to hear this because you're. Some of you are praying, Lord, the will of God in my life. He's kind of got to put you to death to use you. He's kind of got to put you on that yeah. cross. You know, we've all got a cross to carry. And um, Abraham going into the land. I mean, whether you yeah. look at Moses and how he tried to do it his way, murdering forty someone. years in the desert, Moses. Exactly. Was in the forty years. So some bro. people are wandering right now, and I'll tell you, yeah. here's the blessing in that. Um, I was at jiu-jitsu yesterday, and while I'm at jiu-jitsu, you know, there's different couches I'll sit on. People mm -hmm. know I'm a pastor. So someone sits down with me. They're sharing about their life. They're sharing all the stories. And it's this real. I just put my hand on the couch and say, look, the second you're trusting in the Lord and you give him everything, the grace and mercy of God that's for today mm -hmm. is right here on this couch with us. The second yeah. you say right I'm now. submitted and you, yeah. you get up, and you get in the car and you, you put something yeah. on that's encouraging that points to the Lord mm -hmm. and you find that verse from being a child and you go to a church and you get in community and you're bent towards him. That yeah. grace and mercy, whether you did something crazy 20 years ago, whether you're in a plane crash or not, whether you've been through a crazy divorce, the grace and mercy God has always had for you since the moment he conceived you yeah. in his mind. You know, it, it's, it's for you or his workmanship. So with that thought to our listeners, 
I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people like you, Dave, would have gone and hid in a cave and struggled with the bottle and said, I'm not going to come out of this. Like, like whoa. Yeah. But instead, you press forward. Some people sitting here today, you're mm-hmm. never going to be in a car accident. You're never going to have a broke mm-hmm. femur. You're never going to worry mm-hmm. about skating again. You could have crazy things. You could be facing mm-hmm. a divorce. You could have a disease. But the grace and mercy that I shared with someone yesterday who even followed yeah. up with me is like, wow, I need to hear that. Mm. It's for me today when I leave and Come go on. sit with this kid I'm helping disciple. Come it's on. for you and what's next when you go launch this church. But anyway, yes. in all of that, God got your attention. Um, what was it? Metal pins in your leg? I mean, crazy yeah, stuff. So then How did finally, finally, the choppers show up, you know, and these like guys in orange come down and this basket <laughs> comes down. I remember his name was Brian, was the search and he rescue sounds guy. cool. Yeah. The very first thing he said, man, was you're going to be okay. And I knew in that moment that I was in some ways being catapulted into a new season in my life, man. Because he was a prophet. He knew. Come on. He knew. Come on, Brian. (laughs) Let's go if you're listening. So, yeah. So Search and Rescue takes us, you know, I I get surgery. You know, I get uh, a big rod put in my femur, which is still there, screwed up, you know, stitched up all over. And then I remember just coming to and then there's my family and my mom was flying in from Iceland and I was just surrounded by love and support and by friends from high school and people speaking vision and life and people. Well, yeah, man, I just, I get emotional, you yeah. know, thinking back to those moments because it's I have so much gratitude for yeah for community, you know, and I think, you know, I love that quote where it says that without God, man cannot, but without man, God will not. That is to say, without mm. God, Brian, I can't even breathe. I can't skate. Yeah. Without God, yeah. man cannot. But here's the reality: is that without man, God will not. That is to say, that God chooses to use people. Yeah. To, to heal. He uses people to encourage. He uses yeah. people. You know, he could have easily said to Moses, he could have, he could have taken, in fact, you know what he says to Moses? He says, <laughs> he says, hey, Moses, I have come down to rescue my people. Now you go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go, right? So God's like, yo, I'm here. I'm, I'm here to, to take care of this. Now it's time for you. God could have easily spoken to Pharaoh. God could have easily, you yeah. know, but God uses people. And what God wow. did, you asked me, how how yeah. come? Did I have to get out of therapy? Did I have to? No. The reality is, is that God used people in my life mm. to actually cast vision, to begin to speak faith over my life, to pray for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be beside me, to walk alongside me. Yeah. And um, man, wow. if it wouldn't, wouldn't be for my family and my friends, and then ultimately also Bible college, uh, because very soon after my, my mom, you know, she really encouraged me. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything, but just study. Yeah. And this was a newfound faith that I had. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to Bible college. Yeah. And so I remember going to, um, Bible college. They had a, actually a rule that you had to be a committed Christian for a year. And I'm like, bro, it's been like a week. And I was in a plane crash. Like, come on, give me a break. And they let me in. And it was, was just, it on the news and stuff? Was it televised? Yeah, it was the on the paper? news. Yeah, absolutely, man. So every time I see a, crane, a, a plane accident with someone down a hill, I'm like, there's Dave. I'm going to be thinking. There you like, go. Oh, my gosh. It was it, yeah, it was on the news because they because they're actually 2007 was one of the worst year in BC for some reason for plane crashes, like up in like in in valleys. And but we were one of the only planes that actually had survivors. Literally mm. everybody died. So you were the and then there's to one celebrate plane. and encourage people. Yeah. 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 Wow. And so I went to Bible college, man. It's there that I met my wife, Marisa, who we yeah. just actually had a birthday party last night for, and we've wow. been married now 
for 13 years and praise God, God is good. And man, uh, it was there that I began pastoring. It was just like, you know, boiling a frog, right? You know, you you went to Bible school, you did the school. How long was that for? How how long was that? Yeah, I got my undergrad in pastoral leadership. That was a four-year undergrad. And then actually I've been chipping away at a master's in biblical and theological studies out of Knox University. Yeah. So that, that's distance ed. But, uh, yeah, I went to Bible college. That's where I met my wife. That's where I started ministry. I became a youth pastor. I was a youth Mm. pastor for five years. We had our firstborn, Avely, uh, who is my wonderful princess, my daughter. And then I was the young adults pastor for five and a half years, leading mm. a very vibrant young adults community called Ethos Young Adults. Uh, then uh, my childhood church actually was building a brand new facility and and needed some maybe some young energy. Yep. And so I came and for about two and a half years was at a church called Riverside Community Church and was an associate pastor there. And that was really exciting and fun. Then the pandemic uh, hit. Yeah. And and throughout it all, I was doing skate ministry on the side. I was going to say doing... you could skate then. Did everything come back normal? Yeah, I'd say um, it took a little while. I'd say confidence and just like my my femur. And you know what's weird is that and the changing of seasons. And sometimes I would just get arthritis like crazy in my right leg. Yeah. I'd be skating and, and it wouldn't even make sense. I would just like slightly do a movement and all of a sudden bam my femur's like like just my whole leg is stiff like a massive and cramp the whole tissue just yeah I, yeah I, I, the way that i would just like arthritis like it was just like this numbing pain this like shooting weird pain on my in my leg by god's grace he's like healed me of that like i i don't get that as much like i'm able to jump downstairs now in my 30s whereas in my 20s brian i couldn't it it's weird well, i'm just thinking I mean, you said your heel did they have to reset your heel and your femur my, my whole ankle and my yeah my right uh no my the reason why i saw my because heel was because it was actually broke. my knee it was my yeah it was my oh, femur okay. was broken and if it was my your knee ankle, was you'd have been done if your ankle was like yeah. that it would have been impossible yeah. oh to my ankle my ankle was uh was pretty okay. I mean, all my all my legs and everything. It was pretty. You know what? After the plane crash, bro, from my waist down, I was purple and green for like a like six weeks, man. Like purplish, well, just like literally blood and from, stuff or what? Or like yeah, dead or? dead blood, dead blood, right? Just wow. you know. Would you got to be careful of infection as well? Yeah. Sure, sure. And uh, you know, it's kind of scary. <laughs> Look, I down know we there went into this. Like, purple and green and gross i know we went into this a lot just when i looked at it i was like wow i get to talk to someone that's lived through a plane crash i mean it's crazy it's very so you just because you know one of the things we talked about even the other night was for my daughter wants to go to japan you know so bad Mm -hmm. and i fly her everywhere Mm -hmm. but her and my wife love all these japanese shows but my wife never flies like once her her, her, um, she got vertigo, mm. then some kind of claustrophobia. Oh, man. So never fly. So it was a joke where even my friend who um, is a pilot, you know, could you go to an airport and sit in a plane and see what it feels like and all the rest? And I'm telling mm. my daughter, like, you know, I'm believing and believing. It'd be great. Yeah. It'd be great for her to be the one that gets to go yeah, to Japan and see all this stuff. But for her, it's like there's like a lot of things in the way, but you can get on a plane fl- fine. You can go around the world. You're, and yeah, your man. Faith, just like, Lord, if you've called me to it, I'm, I'm doing you it. You know what? I, you know, I think that getting on a plane is actually one of the few moments where I get to really have a have faith and mm. believe that, you know what, my life is not my own. And in fact, uh, I can get into a car in the next moment and and go to heaven, you know. And so yeah, yeah. Uh, we never know. <laughs> and uh, I would rather live my life so open handedly 
um, the moment that we try and close and be, you know, yeah. it's, it's, no, that's good. That, that's, that's, that, that's the way I try to lead my life, man. I tell you that I, I, when, uh, when, when we have turbulence on a plane though, man, it can, it can, it can be challenging for sure. Wow. But, um, those are moments where I get to just trust the Lord and, and if he takes me tomorrow, then that's my time. Right. I mean, the scripture says just- that he, but you just find yeah. you just shout to the pilot, you know, find the dead tree. You're like, aim for the dead tree. Oh, <laughs> aim for the dead tree. If you can, it worked. <laughs> no, but you said what you're gonna share a verse then or what? Yeah. I'm sorry I jumped in. Yeah, no, I was just I was just saying that honestly, it's um we never know when our day is coming and and uh, I think it's in the Psalms where it says that he numbers our days, you know. And yeah. uh, people need to realize think, that we're invincible till mm-hmm. he takes us. You know, like yeah. I'm going to do today exactly what he has me. I'm not my responsibility yeah. at all. Yeah. If I'm content and I can eat and I can trust in mm-hmm. the food he's given me, he provides. Yeah. Yeah. God, it's your resp- now, now if I'm decking out the house and I've got to go buy yeah. this, I've got to, I'm giving birth to that. I've got to feed it. Yeah. But if I'm content, like, Lord, what do you have within my range and my you know, Let's we're go. skaters. We're pretty simple. I'm not flash at all. I have a Ford no. Explorer. And Let's go. The other car's paid off. It's an older car. I'm missing like go. buy clothes at Target. I mean, I printed this yeah. myself. I'm not saying that to be humble. Don't don't hear that people. No. I'm just saying as skaters, we don't care. We get enough free stuff. No. We know what's passing by in life. The distraction yeah. the enemy's got is the shininess of this world that we think mm-hmm. it gives us an identity. And it's hey, be classy and things. Appreciate stuff, but. Yeah, Paul perishing. It gives you a different it's, power up. For if sure, you want to say that. <laughs> absolutely. Theologically, and honestly, you want to power I think yeah. I think I think uh, some of those most powerful people that I ever meet are not materialistic people. Like I, I have friends who are really, really rich because they're developers, and they're the most humble, generous guys I know. And um, hmm. I just think I just think when you when you encounter the Lord, just like Jesus. When he he sees he, a guy who's walking in a field and he finds uh, a, a a gem in a field and he yeah. goes and he sells everything he has to buy the field so he can have the gem, and I think when you realize that the most precious thing in this life is God, yeah. who is unseen, yeah. by the way, yeah. and you cannot see him, you cannot contain him. Uh, yeah. That's the most precious. And you know what, Brian, the part of your body that is most mm-hmm. precious to you is yeah. actually the part of you that's unseen. You know, like yeah, I remember when yeah. my when I went to my grandmother's funeral and there was an open casket funeral and there was my grandma and all of her beautiful jewelry and God bless her grandma Cece. Yeah. She wasn't there. Yeah. That was her body. <laughs> and she was beautiful and precious. And and we, you know, we got to remember grandma. Just the tent. Yeah. That was the tent. And the essence of who she she is yeah. was somewhere else. And I prayed to God that it was it's it's above yeah. us and not below us, right? Yeah, yeah. And um Amen. And so anyways, all that to say the most precious things in life you can't contain, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. the most precious yeah. things in life are actually free. You know, you didn't you didn't create your own consciousness, you didn't purchase your own consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. But let and, me say um, this to you as you're going into this. Yeah. So, so theologically, Iceland, because when I said earlier, I've heard of it. Obviously, I heard of Iceland, but I said even the name of the town you said, I'd heard of it. What was it again? Reykjavik. Because I feel like there's a fighter in the UFC that comes from over there as well. And he sounds... It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I'm yeah, we have, we have some strong men in Iceland, you That's know? That's probably We've... what it is. Yeah, the Icelander, you guys have had a world champ. I mean, growing up in England, that was one of the main mm-hmm. things that was on TV because it's all Europe. Yeah. Well, let me say this though, as you're going. So theologically, what was it you were raised in? What was your parents? Where did they mm. lean? Like, were they more this way, Pentecostal, or more sure. open, or more more 
Baptist style? What was the? Yeah. Yeah. You know, in Iceland, it's all Lutheran churches. Okay. You know, in fact, if you um, work in Iceland, 1% of your paycheck automatically goes to the state church. Wow. No matter your job goes to the Lutheran church. And so my parents, it was a very controversial thing. They went to what was called a free church, which is to say a church that isn't a state church. Isn't part of the pyramid scheme. And uh, yeah, and honestly, (laughs) it was like kind of like, and and I was one of the first kids who were dedicated, you know, um, and not baptized, you know what I mean? And so Mm. that was kind of a controversial thing to not be going to the state church for confirmation and all that kind of stuff, right? And so I grew up, it was called the way or vegurin, which in Icelandic means the way. It was the way church. And they were, I would say they were sort of like a non-denominational, probably Pentecostal leaning in the sense that there was very much emphasis on the Holy Spirit. And um, they allowed those things to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I remember experiencing um, when I was probably about five, I remember experiencing like, um, like holy laughter. I I can't, I just have this memory of like literally the whole church bursting out in laughter and me Mm. laughing for like, 20 minutes like i've never had that since then um maybe there's something in the room or something but honestly it was like a holy moment you know and and uh and then i remember at a camp like there was just some sacred moments where um you know when you're a teenager you kind of like it's almost like a dream you know those memories that you like have in your childhood that you're like it's hard to differentiate between reality and a dream. Like, was that was that real? You I'm know, noticing that more now. And I don't know whether it's because I'm drinking so much stuff out of a can. And and this, <laughs> man, I tell you what, this kombucha. I was on a buddy a buddy show the other day, and he gave me some of them. And these mm-hmm. things are the craziest. I drank like two the other day, and it's like you cannot sleep. They mess you up. I'm like, really? But, but I woke up today. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just. But anyway, yeah. yeah, I know what it's like to look back with that whole idea of a dream. But and also to people listening. I want to challenge people all the time. Look, we have great denominations. Mm-hmm. We have all of this. But even when you say holy laughter, people can think mm-hmm. about a bunch of people flipping around on the floor, shouting random yeah. stuff that you see on TV. And yeah. in his presence, in who God is, there's a fullness of joy. Yeah. I've had times of sitting there and just just laughing this sweet, joyous yeah. moments. And there's going to be people who are more extreme, people who are not. I don't know if they're most yeah. of the stuff we see out there in the realm. It's all over the TV. and so yeah. it's, it's manufactured. But I really mm-hmm. believe like there's those moments where you're like, yeah. There's a sweetness there, and when you're open, sure. and you have the seatbelt on, yeah. like, what's the Holy Spirit doing? For sure, lining up with the word. There's like a mm-hmm. supernatural encouragement in that, you know. So, but so that yeah. so that was there, and then when you got to Canada, so to help our listeners, you you yeah. had this injury. Did you stay in Canada from then, or did you go back to? Yeah. To so then, because because of the medical, and now I was in actually a lawsuit against Altair, which was uh, the rental company. They had made some major mistakes on not calling search and rescue right away and stuff. And so I was really tied to the process of, of, uh, of that unfolding. And so I stayed in Canada, and then I met a girl, man. And so, you know, you might, you right. meet a girl and, and yeah. the rest is history, right? <laughs> get married and get into the, the Sunday treadmill of ministry, which is uh, awesome, but also a little bit daunting. And, and well, God, you're saying, God go meet me. your wife or husband. Mm-hmm. For those who are looking for him, go meet him at Bible school, you're saying? <laughs> yeah, bridal, bridal college. Bible college. I've yeah. never heard that. That's funny. Yeah. That's a thing, right? Yeah. Bridal college. That's a thing. It's bridal college, bro. Well, hey, it's working yeah. out. I mean, you seem happy and motivated. I know we all have our moments, but um, but so anyway, oh, sure, you're man. staying in Canada. Lawsuit 
bunch of people against this plane company. So you're married then and it's all married. Yeah. And I think um, just figuring out ministry, right? I mean, figuring out what it is to be a young adult pastor, a youth pastor, an associate pastor. I think uh, there were seasons where I was passionate, but there's also seasons where ministry became a job, where the Bible became um, something to get just something for the people. You know, there was moments where I feel like the Bible became just like, um, uh, yeah, you know, there was, I had was my redundant. seasons, man. Yeah. yeah, you know, because I don't know why the Lord, the Lord allows for that, but I think that life is cyclical, you know, it has its winters and its summers. And mm-hmm. and I think in some ways, um, we as people and our relationship with the Lord can be a bit cyclical. I don't want to yeah. say that over everybody, but it can be, no, you're you know. you're being very real because you said something a moment ago. You're saying so many just good nuggets that they could all be these little tweets and stuff. I don't even go on. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. even tweet on Twitter if, if you tell yeah. <laughs> but, um But it's true because it can be these like, uh, you know, you, you can't see what's spiritual, so you see the physical. So going mm-hmm. up to church can be just showing up or reading a book. I'll tell you, I haven't read a yeah. book in years, and I mm. used to read books like crazy. And right. anything, my doing jujitsu, I listen to stuff on the way. Yeah. I, li- Come on. I mean, I, 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 the other day, I just put Hebrews on. I just went to YouTube, yeah. I typed yeah. in Hebrews, and I kept skipping yeah, it back go. as I was going. I think I picked an ESV version, I'll put an NASB, yeah. I'll put whatever. I'm listening to the Word, and maybe for a season, I'll just be listening nonstop to the Word on a yeah. YouTube. Yeah, come on. But then, like, right now, this laptop is, is sitting on top of a book on doctrine, and I think I'm like, I should probably read this, so maybe I will. Yeah. But just yeah. for people listening, right? a lot of the time why God doesn't feel like he's there is we're not always stepping mm-hmm. into what he has. And even ministry mm-hmm. can become redundant, where you show mm-hmm. up, you check in, you've got your Starbucks, you're going through the motions. Mm-hmm. God needs that. But then yeah. the seasons of, Lord, where do you have me? I remember a pastor years ago mm-hmm. talking about how people would, he planted 90 churches. He's Chris Veenan, part of a bigger, I think it was New Zealand or South Africa. Mm-hmm. But he said people would come into his church and then they would leave within two years. And it would mm-hmm. be, it, it kind of caused them. And, and exactly how you responded was how mm-hmm. I responded. And he was telling these young pastors, look, they would come in, we get to know them, and they'd leave. And we'd be like, why are they leaving? Well, they were sent there to help you plant and get you planted, but their mm. gift was to be planters with you. And then they'd yeah. go on to the next town or plant somewhere else to plant somewhere else, plant somewhere else. So God's using them in the way we see the New Testament. And we're sitting over there with our agenda. And I think mm. we've got to look at Christianity that way. When you mm. were speaking a minute ago, I'm thinking about our listeners. And I'm thinking if we were on a mission trip now, you and me and 50 people. Mm. Yeah. And we had this intensive of a, of a conversation all the time where we're just always living into this. Mm. whether our plane went down whether someone broke the leg whether someone got sick or whatever we'd be so hungry for the things of god because Mm. it's this rapid but this is a load of years you know brought like like the book of acts is like 30 years of ministry yeah that's right brought together with okay so we're like oh the signs miracle wonders everywhere it wasn't as fast as everyone thinks no right so i'm saying that to say for those who are feeling dry now you could be super stagnant at that ministry Mm-hmm. but God is using your faithfulness where you don't feel, you know, you're just being yeah. diligent. That's it. I remember yeah. a guy whose child had passed and he was so mad at God. And he said, mm-hmm. I'm going to this church. And if the pastor shares all these stupid stories and the rest of it, I'm getting yeah. up and walking out. And yeah. it was John Piper's church. And he had decided that for five weeks, I think it was five or four weeks. He yeah. just wanted to memorize um, Philippians and yeah. he would just speak it like like it was being written to them. And so yeah. this guy shows he didn't up. Tell any John Piper doesn't say anything. He just spoke the word. And I'm sure someone's sitting there like, 
what is this? I didn't yeah. get a laugh. And meanwhile, this guy is going through the worst thing. Now, now did God, like, did, yeah, yeah. Did, did, did God tell Pastor John, you know, don't say anything else? Like, who knows? Yeah. But my point right. is, that I, I appreciate you being that open because you're a young, zealous man. How can you say from one moment, I'm in a plane and I want everything to live? And like, wait, over here, you're, you're, you're just tired a bit for a season in ministry. That's everyone. The flesh is weak. We know yeah. in part, you know, um, we have to yeah. stir ourselves up. That's why we encourage each other. I'm mm. getting encouraged here and all this, but mm. so you had those seasons, you did all these different kinds of pastoring. Mm. Um, where else then? Where does it go? Because you have your girl, yeah. you have your wife. Yeah. And if I can just like say this is that I think that if, if I review back where the seasons where I was most fruitful were probably the seasons where, you know, I was more focused on just being with the Lord as opposed to doing, doing things for God, you know? And I think sometimes in the church, we can get caught up with systems and methodologies and approaches and stuff. And here's the thing is all, are all those things bad? No, they're, they're actually really good and they're really needed, you know? Um, But we can sometimes get caught up in the business of church. And I got caught up in the business of church, trying to grow my ministry and trying to grow for the kingdom of God. Yeah, and I think uh, we ought to be as pastors just really careful that we're first and foremost sons of the Most High God. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a kid in the kingdom, you know, and um, I need to remain humble before the the Lord and and recognize that what is most important is my relationship with Him. Yeah, and so the see, and actually, you will be far more fruitful because here's the thing: is that people yeah. can see. I think people can pick up and see far more than you can ever imagined. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, people, yeah, yeah. people, people scope you out, you know? And, and you so if you're feel, in a, feel what's going on with you, feel what you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and like, if you're with the Lord and if you actually can speak and walk with authority, then that's everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's everything. Yeah. That's far better than good strategy on a social media platform. Well, what you you're know. saying is abiding in him. And I've said That's this it. often because John 15 tells us to abide. You know, our home church is called Branches, yeah. Branches in him. But what does abiding even mean? If I, let's, let's play the game. If I was say, okay, Dave, what does abiding in the Lord mean? Watch mm-hmm. this to our listeners. Whatever Dave says is going to be a variation <laughs> of what he's feeling because it can be ambiguous. Sure. But Dave, I'll put you on the yeah. spot. What does abiding yeah. in the Lord mean to you? Go on. Yeah, I think I think friendship with the Lord. Amen. You know what's so what's so beautiful is that Abraham was called a friend of God. Yeah. Not everybody was called a friend of God, but Abraham was. <laughs> Judas was. And I yeah. think. Yeah, I think that uh, it's friendship with the Lord, it, and and in order to know a friend, uh, you actually have to spend time with them, and it takes sacrifice. Yeah. You know, friendship. The, the people who you would call your best friends are likely the people you spend the most amount of time with, right? Yeah, yeah. Time is our greatest resource. So I, I tell you the t- amount of times where if I make a, a conscious effort to spend time with the Lord, yeah. and hey, is that church? Yeah, church is a part of that. Um, community is a part of that. But but it, like you said, yeah. In, instead of listening to music on the radio in the car, hey, maybe, maybe plug in a, a podcast that's about yeah. the Lord. You know what yeah. I mean? Maybe, um, you know, instead of, the very first thing you do yeah. is be blasted by social media and blue light on the phone. Yeah. Maybe um, read a Jesus daily devotional that yeah. takes five minutes. You know what yeah. I mean? And Jesus says this, he says, literally you can move mountains yeah. with the size of a mustard seed type faith. Yeah. And so 
I would say abiding in Christ is, is, um, is friendship with him. And, um, and I would say friendship is actually a relationship. It's, it's a sacrifice. It's time, you know, it's building trust and trust is also like, you know, when I say building trust with the Lord, it's like, it goes both ways. I think God, God tests us, you know, God, I believe, I don't know what your theology is. I, I think, I don't know what your theology of testing is, but I believe that God actually life is one big test. It's literally one big test. Mm. And it's a test for that's going to have eternal ramifications. Literally, your rule and reign in the kingdom of God. At one point, we're going to rule and reign over over the earth and the cosmos yeah. and whatever. Revelation right? twenty one twenty two. Let's yeah. let's go. You know, all of the cosmos will be given unto the bride and the son, right? And we will rule and reign <laughs> with them. Come on, in Jesus' name, right? Uh, but ultimately, our ruling and reigning will be determined, yeah. and we need to hear this. Yeah. By our lifetime. Like how we spent this life, right? And so there are, and that that's a really, really beautiful and scary thing because it means that I'm held accountable for what I say. Do why not do more? Why not live into the best you can? Like you said, to make use of the whole day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, coming back to abiding, I think it's it's friendship, man. And and so and and like coming back to the idea of it being seasonal. uh, Listen, I think that there's seasons where I get distracted. A new a new thing. You know, and the devil is clever, isn't he? Man, the <laughs> devil is a I hate Satan, but he is a he he is he is the master manipulator and he is and he studies us, man. You know, I think that there's there's an anti-hierarchy in, in the kingdom. That is to say there's a hierarchy yeah. in, in in God, you know, yep. like yep. there's there's angels and whatever. But in the in the ant in the opposing uh kingdom, there's also uh fallen yeah. angels, which probably yeah. organize themselves just as well as the, you know, and so all that to say yeah. is that the the enemy. Let's not forget there's a there's an enemy, and that that yeah. he is strategic, and then he studies you, right? I mean, if you read some of C.S. Lewis's, I think it's the Screw Tape Letters screw or something like letters. that. Yeah, you know, he talks about how the devil like literally will assign. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't want to really go down that rabbit hole, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, we <laughs> well, need to recognize that there's, a, an, there's an enemy. Time. He yeah. an opportune time, so he knows. Let's say Dave's somewhere and suddenly this trauma comes back and you're weak and it's whatever. And suddenly he's like, oh, yeah. I know what he liked when he was 15. Opportunity. Exactly. Or say with Brian. And, and I guess even you saying that, I didn't think you'd say friendship. That's awesome. Because it is true. It is that. And Jesus said in one place, you know, we see in John, yeah. I no longer call you such and such. I call you my friends because you know my yeah. will. You know what I'm doing because we walk in intimacy mm. with him. And the idea behind abiding is Maybe you're someone that doesn't read a lot, so you get a 365-day devotion, and your 15 minutes a day, which you have never done, is abiding with the mm-hmm. Lord 15 minutes and those nuggets. When I sometimes yeah. drive to jujitsu, I don't even put anything on, and I just sit. Yeah. Or the other night, it rained like crazy here. There was no. There was probably three people in the park, and I'm telling you, mm-hmm. it's probably the first time I've been somewhere with no one around. And I started just speaking out loud and like praying out loud. And it was so crazy. It was wow. like, I'll go on walks in canyons at times, but there's yeah. no people on bike in that. If you start yeah, yeah, doing yeah. this, they're going to like, okay, yeah. oh, is this uh, John uh, the Baptist? Yeah. <laughs> it felt like yeah. I could just say yeah. and do things. And it was crazy. Yeah. There was people who'd ask me to pray and I was just saying it. But the idea is this, back to Dave's point, is ministry is a great thing and i mean the workings of ministry going to church and that but all life is ministry but it's all yes. about abiding that verse in romans eight fourteen: as many mm-hmm. as are led by the spirit of god so whoever's mm-hmm. listening 
I don't understand this doctrine or this or that. Where's the mm-hmm. spirit leading you? What mm-hmm. is he having you say? What are the five things mm-hmm. I could say? I say this to people all the time. Tell me five things about your walk. Okay, use mm-hmm. one of those things this week in sharing that with anyone. Because like you mm-hmm. said, that one word, that one nugget, that one of whatever of truth, mm-hmm. that's a seed of faith. But yes. for you then, so you're pro skater, doing a lot of things. You're involved in so much do you go and speak? I mean, you said it earlier, but do you have someone who does mm-hmm. a calendar for you and someone that gets mm-hmm. you all these things and you're all, because you, you're so many places, right? Speaking and yeah. speaking. And- yeah, I'm, I'm actually um, with the Youth Speakers Bureau of Canada. Okay. And so I, I do have an agent um, when it comes to some of my secular, secular speaking, right? Because I yeah, speak yeah. at conferences, uh, but yeah. they actually, as of recent, like, because on my profile with them, people yeah. know that I am a a religious representative or like a, yeah. you know, I'm a Christian, you know, yeah, you don't hide so there's it, been yeah. there. No, of course not. So there's been some bookings uh, there, but yeah. So motivational speaking, Brian uh, was throughout my twenties, always on the side. Like I was a pastor first. Cause when you're on the treadmill of ministry, yeah. you know, your, your last handshake on Sunday, you know, let's not forget Sunday's coming. Like the next Sunday, yeah. Sunday's coming. It's always yeah, yeah, coming. Yeah. And it's a treadmill, bro. And it's so hard to, to sometimes when, especially when you are in that in that treadmill, to actually have vision outside of that treadmill, right? And yeah. because, and that's yeah. as a good faithful pastor to your people, you kind of should be honed in, yeah. You know, into your Focused your, your flock. flock. Yeah. yeah, come on, man, you yeah. ought to be. Yeah. And I was for all those years, but but um, speaking was always kind of on the side. So during the pandemic. What ended up happening is I ended up uh, stepping down, uh, you know, just during the online stuff, like online church and stuff like that. I think it was kind of cool and hip at first for me, like, oh, yeah, let's just do online church and we don't need to gather. This is cool, you know. But then I think like five months into it, when you're like, when you're literally looking at the insights of YouTube, wondering about whether or not people are watching your video, whether, and that's your evaluation of your effectiveness in the kingdom, you know, YouTube and Google and the analytics yeah. is Not actually hugging the, the thing. grandma or helping the person in front of you or or yeah. sh- hugging your bro or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's not because yeah. it probably in some capacity is. But um, I started to maybe lose lose vision and lose just uh, my mm. amp to it, you know. And I got a I got an offer at a, a middle school to be a middle school chaplain. Yep to be a really a youth pastor to these kids. So they couldn't do their chapel that they were used to doing. So they were looking for someone to produce a 15 minute video for their Thursday, Thursday chapel, where it would be shown in class, you know? And so I, I got a job as actually an EA. So I was supporting some special needs kids. And then part of that portfolio was doing, making uh, sermon videos and doing interactive mm. things for this middle school. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And you're with middle schoolers who are so, they're not cynical yet. They're not too cool for, you know, yeah, they're just, yeah. they got questions. Yeah. And honestly, um, I had quite a an experience. Um, so I was teaching a lot of like geometry and um, long division and stuff yep. like that. And I know numerology, I'm not into numerology in terms of like the new age stuff or whatever, but yeah. I was really struck in that season about how God is the God of geometry, kind of in a Galileo kind of sense and, and Newton kind of sense. Geometra, like, they bring that in. Yeah. They go yeah. You know, and yeah. just, just how literally nature um, and literally everything fundamentally comes down to formulas and numbers yeah. that are set by God. Yeah. And so 
I had quite a deep revelation there and God did some cool stuff. But after a while there, um, you know, and it not, you know, the, the school didn't pay all that great and, and, and God bless them. It's a private school. And actually God bless, God bless teachers who will w- work in a Christian private school for less money. Yeah. And uh, then, then they would in maybe a public institution. God yeah. bless them, right? Yep. But anyways, all I have to say, my my third born Axel, he is special needs. He's on the spectrum, and yeah. I just uh, needed to be closer to home. The school was like twenty five minutes away. So all I have to say, I ended up coming back uh, to not working for the school. Now yep. I was not going back to my vocation as a pastor, and I had um, I was actually helping my friend Cam plant a church. So my friend. <laughs> Really good friend of mine, Cam, came to me. He's like, "Yo, Dave, you're you're no longer in pastoral ministry. You're a chaplain. Um, could you help me plant a church?" And so, two and a half years ago, we planted a church here in Port Moody, and with like 50 people. And by God's grace, uh, we're going to two services after Easter. We're at like 200 and something people. Wow. And Cam, if you're listening to this, Cam's doing an amazing job leading yeah. as a pastor. And I've I've just been able to come along the side side and and help out where I can and yeah and church planning it's it's much like a basketball team in the sense that yeah. you know you're playing you're playing different positions whether it's Sunday school or hosting <laughs> or we're going on a missions trip in, in six days to Mexico for two weeks yeah. uh helping in an orphanage and we're bringing down a bunch of skateboards and yeah. and so anyways I helped plant a church uh with cam and that's where the motivational speaking comes in because I became um the moment that the country started to open up again and we started to be able to gather again, it was like, oh my goodness, like yeah. my I thought this job as a motivational speaker was pretty much done because I tried the online stuff, like I yeah. tried to do some online seminars and it was okay, but you know, not always the best. And you and got so, invites to go and skate and speak and it just it blew up, right? It's like and so yeah, so that that like incrementally all of a sudden schools started wanting to get speakers especially on resilience so i do a talk called the brilliance of resilience so Mm. i bring my skateboard in i share my plane crash story and i share with people how challenging seasons come our way to grow us and to help us grow in wisdom yeah and uh, and i do that through telling you know not just the 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 sad story the challenging story the plane crash but i tell funny stories my kids i i do tricks for them. And I talk, I use skateboarding really as a tool yeah. to show people that this is true. Yeah. And um, so that in the last, I guess, year and a half has really um, led me to a lot of places and spaces and the public schools, man, have really opened their doors. Wow. And so I can't, Brian, I can't really talk about God, but you know, the book of Esther, the way that I think about it is this, that the book of Esther does not mention the name of God in it, mm-hmm. but it's all about God. Yeah. You know, it's all about God. Yep. And when we are given the invite to go into to places where, yes, we cannot proclaim the name of Jesus loud and proud, mm-hmm. but we can come in there recognizing that we're filled with the Holy Spirit, yep. that we have a testimony that, that in the mystery of the moment, God can use the Holy Spirit to, to literally take my words where I don't say the word God yeah. And yet somehow or another use those those powerful words. And I can tell you, like I can count so many times moments where God has used these speeches yeah. for his glory and his kingdom. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but that's kind of my tent making, if you will. That's how yeah, I yeah. um make my make an income. And so Good. um 
Yeah, and that's well, and only that's to a- say that to encourage you because you're being hired to go in and do something. I've had people say to me, you know, I want to go do this motivational stuff. How do you bring the gospel in? I said, well, you're going in to motivate these kids because the church, I mean, the school feels like they're depressed or they're teenagers or there's puberty yeah. or they're going through all this yeah, junk. Because, yeah. But there's Dave who is a believer. So as they mm-hmm. look into Dave at any second after that, that initial contact sure that, that's a guy at the gas station who pumps your gas and he's great and you're like what is it mm-hmm. about him he might not be super evangelistic in the moment but what is he yeah. about where well, you're sharing this truth i mean mm-hmm. i'll be honest if i listen to one of your speeches it's pretty evident that you're a christian it's not like i'm like right. what's this guy talking about you're just right. not saying maybe this or that but then yeah. there's the follow-up contact there's those kids following you looking up to you connecting with you or things you can give these kids that then when they follow up they see like for me i'll meet people at the skate park obviously i can be as open as i want and i do but a lot of times mm-hmm. like the person i talked to yesterday was all about god then when yeah. you go on my instagram there's 30 videos so it's very obvious so we got to use all yes. those resources you know absolutely Otherwise, you, you know? wouldn't get to be in front of them and if you no. have to be in 300 schools or 3,000 schools in the course yeah. of this this job how many yeah. of them are gonna and once you stop speaking you can say whatever you want to them once the microphone oh of hand. course so, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely and i've yeah. had a q and a i've had actually had it happen where the, the principal's like hey let's do a q and a with dave you know and then like one of the kids <laughs> like are you a christian and <laughs> like, i'm well. like yeah actually i am you know like that's a part of the plane crash six that years of bible share, school you know? let me tell you this yeah. you know and you know what's funny too brian is that occasionally it'll happen where principals will want to have a conversation before the assembly. And one of the things that, and I know it now, I know what they want to ask. And most of the times they're asking, Hey, we've looked at you online, love what you're doing, but we noticed that you're a Christian and we just want to make sure that you're not going to say anything about that in your assembly. And what, and it's like the moment I hear that, listen, I'm not going to say anything, but I know that God has a sense of humor. Because the assemblies where that has been the case, the kid asks. it's like the Holy Spirit, like, boom, like hits that place. I, I remember, like, I think it was in November, there was one school in North Vancouver where that was the case. And for some reason, in my verbiage, I just said, like, you know, some of you may be going through a valley, and it could be like the valley of the shadow of death. And I kid you not, I saw kids beginning to cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't something I was saying. It was something that they were sensing. yeah. Yeah. And and I'll never forget because the principal afterwards, the very first thing she said, she came up to me, she handed me a check. Yeah. And she said, Dave, I want to write a review for you. Can I can I write a review for you? <laughs> and and uh and it was like the Holy Spirit. So so this this principal just moments before was telling me, Hey, don't don't talk about God. And then without knowing it, she just sensed the very power of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And God has a Psalm sense of humor 23. in that way, they, they, yeah, they heard it, on. you know, and the people say it's, oh. it's, the, it's the Psalm of the dead, but it's the Psalm of the living. We're Come still on. living. We're the ones walking through. Yeah. So this is what good. you're doing. So so what I know about Dave is ripping skater, obviously family. We had all about the plane crash, the rest, every mm-hmm. kind of ministerial hat. But one of the things mm-hmm. I've seen online that you're doing is this thing called Belong Church. So what uh-huh. is this? Yeah. Yeah, so it's actually not even public yet. So most people who watch this podcast, uh, this is actually the very first time I'm talking about it publicly. Okay. But, well, let me tell you the context. So one time I was driving up to Ethos. This is 2017. This is the Young Adults Group. I'm driving up there, and I'm doing a series on the life of Jesus, and I'm specifically talking about how Jesus, when he says to Matthew, or or to his disciples, he says, who do people say I am? 
he is in this moment, he's actually kind of drawing the line to his boys and he's saying, guys, yeah, like, where are you at with this? And what struck me the most, and I think it was one of the commentators that I was reading, Brian, was that this is right before the transfiguration. Because if you recall, the moment mm. that Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Flesh and blood. Yeah. What does he say? Okay, James, John, Peter, uh, you, the nine of the, the, the nine rest of you, you guys stay here. The three of us, we're going to go up on a hill. And it says that he was transfigured. His face became like the sun. Mm-hmm. And Jesus shows his glory. And then it says he comes down off that mountain. And it's at that, that point where he says, I must now set my face towards Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go to the cross. Okay. Yeah. So here's what I was struck by, uh, Brian, was this. Is that that was two years into his ministry. The transfiguration yeah, yeah. is about nine year, nine months before the cross. So Jesus yeah. will spend nine months, and uh, Luke will reference this. It's called the road to Jerusalem because it, yeah. he had set his face to Jerusalem. He's going to Jerusalem. But what struck me, Brian, was this, is that Jesus allowed for his disciples for two years yeah. to belong to a community to call this sense of belonging without yeah. actually f- like making them come to a point where you're like, hey, where are you at? Where are you at doctrinally and theologically with yeah. my identity? And I was struck by this because most religious groups and especially cults yeah. and and very, uh, let's just be real, a lot of churches will award belonging. Mm. Once you have given them the the belief, if you will, once you've mm. signed their doctrinal statement, once you've done A, B, C, D, and gone through the class, yeah. at that point, hey, it's Bill. Yeah. We love you. You belong. Yeah. You're a part of, you know. Always Bill. Yeah. Right. You know, but <laughs> you, you follow me, right? And so I was blown away by this. And. The Lord gave me, as I was driving up, it was Mariner Road up in Coquillam. The Lord gave me just these eight words. It was yeah. a community where everyone belongs mm. and many believe. Yeah. yeah. And so a community, first and foremost, you and I, if we belong to a local church, it ought to be a community. It's not an, it's not an institution. It's not just an, you know, building. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an or living organism, a community, yeah. right? Where we do life together. Where everyone belongs. Now, I'm not a I'm not a universalist, Brian. I'm not saying everybody belongs to the bride of Christ. I'm not saying that, you know, who am I to I don't declare anybody saved. You know what I'm saying? But we ought to be, I think, creating an environment where sinners who literally just got drunk the night before, who need Jesus. Cause I know, listen, I I have walked through seasons where I've been in sin and the last thing, and I and I and and it's this paradox where I want to go to church, I want to seek the Lord, but I'm sinful and I'm broken. I, I, I can I even go there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I I think just like the prodigal son in his dirtiest state, when we're in our dirtiest state, we ought to be running to the Father. Yeah, yeah. And we ought to be creating environments where literally everyone belongs, and that's messy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, people can just go through and 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 be. Um, emotionally violent and to people and uh, no, you got it. There's a, there's, 
you know, his people, doctrine people, or his theology or preaching. Sure, absolutely. You know, yeah. we need yeah. to we need to to be safe with 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 one another. But what I'm saying is this: is that I think Jesus created a community where everyone belonged, and he was actually criticized by the religious for reclining with notorious sinners, yeah. right? Why is Jesus hanging out with that guy? Why yeah. is he hanging out with Lazarus? What's going on with Zacchaeus, man? Does he know who Zacchaeus yeah. is? Are you yeah. are you for real? Yeah. And but he created a community where everyone belongs. And many believe now, and the many believe comes from uh, Peter, where it says that he preached to to literally thousands of people, and it says, "Did everybody believe?" Even at the preaching of Peter, yeah, and the and the coming down of the of the Holy Spirit, it didn't yeah. say, "And everybody believed." It says that many believed, and Come that's our goal. And many repented and believed, yeah. and or even the wedding in Cana. We hear about the yeah. first miracle, but how many followed? And this is important for what you're saying theologically, because even within a church. I mean, you have James and John, the sons of thunder, at one time wanted mm. to call down fire. Yeah. We have people yeah. going around being police and Pharisees and telling everyone who can and can't be in the church. I'm not being extreme mm. here, but yeah. even the Bible tells us to wait till the Lord himself does it because the sheep and the goats. So within yes. the church, you will have sheep who follow and believe. You'll have goats who you want to preach and make uncomfortable, and you'll have wolves yeah. who are intentionally there to set discord and you want to shoot the wolves. But you're yeah. saying you want to create a place where you invite everyone, you're preaching the truth. You're preaching the, the truth, truth, preaching the speaks. gospel. Because if I'm going there, I'm going to see a difference in this person, and I'm going to see a... Yeah. Like, how many people have come to faith and they get fired up and they struggle with alcohol? They really struggle. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they need physical help. Yeah. emotional help the lord's yeah. in them spiritually hey he can deliver people yeah. just like that we believe it but christianity is way messier and you're of course mm -hmm. you bring up universalism and um, of course you're preaching christ christ crucified yes the way, the absolutely life. there's no other yes. way no one gets to heaven yeah. but through the father but this yeah. belong and we can edit that whole thing out if you want anyway because you were saying yeah. whenever it comes about but anyway are you going to do yeah. a physical in person no. yeah or so you'll do it yeah no, and so so I I uh, got that vision back then. I got actually the domain. I got the Instagram tag. Everything God downloaded that that yeah. this was something that I would I would lead one day as belong church. Yeah, and um, so I'm now at a place where I've you know done, now kind of doing the motivational speaking. I have time during the week where. Yeah. Um, where I want to, honestly, I'm starting to get the itch again, Brian, to lead yeah. something, to lead people, to preach. Because as much as I love motivational speaking, and I love it, and if somebody who's watching this has heard me at their school, I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> but listen, there's nothing like the gospel. There's nothing as as literally as beautiful as the simple gospel that Jesus yeah. died for your sins, and yeah. that you can now, by putting your trust and your faith in Him, yeah. You can receive a new identity. You can receive eternal life. Yeah. Like that to me, that is the story I want to be known for. That is the yeah. story I want to tell. And uh, I want to be able to go into schools. And I also want to yeah. be able to lead uh, lead a church. And so uh, this, this is where American Ninja Warrior comes in. Have you seen the show on American Ninja yeah. Warrior? Yeah. Okay. So my kid actually attends a class called Tricks and Flips at Momentum Movement Academy, which is the largest parkour gymnasium in all of Canada. I've seen that. I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I walked in there, I immediately noticed that the potential for a pretty out there church, like a pretty interesting uh, church, which would be, there's two warehouses there is uh, the ninja gym, which everything is fixed and bolted down. You can't really do, uh, let's say, an adult-style church there where, you know, you'd have 
kind of a sanctuary, but you could do a you could do an amazing kids uh, style ministry there if they sit still or not. Yeah, yeah, or not. You know, but <laughs> nevertheless, I mean, it is an, an, an incredible uh, facility. And then in the other warehouse, they have what, the, what uh, a climbing wall and kind of a flex space where everything is mobile. Yeah, and as long as you know people are cool with uh, a climbing wall being the backdrop of uh, yeah. of the sermon. Uh, you can actually see probably about 200 people there. And so mm. I've been praying uh, about this since about September, whether it's the right season. And I'm really beginning to feel stirred and called to plant Belong Church. Mm. Uh, so you can check out belongchurch.ca. And yeah. um, we're going to be doing a soft launch on Easter. Okay. So okay. we're actually, we're launching uh, in September, like um, fully. Yeah. But on Easter, we're going to do five weeks where we're going to rent the gym out and what we're going to do is we're going to hold five services yeah and we're going to invite the kids and the kids will actually going to are going to do a, a a challenge in those five weeks they're all going to get different colored shirts they're going to be on teams and the team that gets the most amount of points by memorizing verses and doing tricks and stuff like that is going to is going to get a skateboard and pizza and and, and realistically mm-hmm. Brian every every kid's going to get something yeah um but uh we're going to do a soft launch at Easter yeah and uh then we're going to do a few events in the summertime and and then in September we're going to we're going to go weekly just min, build momentum through get familiar people know what you're doing and then go launch it right in time for Christmas and catch everyone and yeah yeah and do you know what you're going to preach those first 5 weeks yet or no yeah, I uh, you know the story of Hezekiah. I don't know if you remember the story of Hezekiah <laughs> in the Old Testament. Yeah, but it's Extended it's a real life fifteen years. Yeah, exactly. But re- I think it's such a pertinent story to our time right now. Okay, so mm. real quick, Hezekiah comes uh, to the throne at the age of twenty five. The temple's been closed for sixteen years because his dad was a real bad dude, and. Hezekiah has every reason to build an army, to maybe make alliances with Egypt, uh, because Assyria is coming and it's demolishing the tw- the ten northern tribes. He has every reason to to do not what he's about to do. And what he does is, mm. it says in the first day in the first month, it says that he repaired the doors of the temple and he cleaned the temple and he and he sought the Lord. Okay, he to seek the kingdom first above all else. I'm already starting to preach, but then I know, that's why I asked you. <laughs> Yeah, so so I'm gonna go through five weeks of the life of Hezekiah, mm. who is a young man, yeah, who uh, seeks the Lord, and actually, what ends up happening is revival happens in yeah. in his lifetime, and uh, and he's in, he's he's one of the few like Josiah. There's a few kings in there where God does a real work, and I just want to take a look at this man's life and pray yeah. and hope that people come. Um, it's going to be a one-hour service, so the kids are in the kids section. They're going to pro- – I don't know if they're going to hear Hezekiah. I think that we're probably going to keep it just about Jesus, maybe the I Am statements of Jesus or something like that for the yeah. kids. Yeah. Uh, but for the adults, we're going to sing a couple songs. We're going to drink some good coffee, and we're going to hear about a story about a young man <laughs> who dedicated his life to the Lord. Well, I'm just saying, you know, when you look at your resume, you've got all this Bible school. You're raising the faith. You've wore a bunch of different hats. If you're full of all this, you would have a hard time only motivational speaking and then seeing the state of the world and not putting your hand to the plow and saying, I want to be part of this. Like Charles Spurgeon Mm -hmm. said, you know, if you can do anything else but preaching, do it. I sat Mm -hmm. with a pastor the other day and we had that same conversation. Mm -hmm. Even a friend said that someone at their church is constantly like 
been put into preaching now and get so freaked out. And I'm like, I get like that. I'm preaching yeah. in a few weeks where I'm like, yeah, I'm on. preaching to these youth and it's, it's, you know, they're 17, 18, 19. They were wondering about their gender and their mm. sex life and their drugs and their stuff at home. I don't look at this like, oh, I'm going in there to hang out in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to go speak to them in a way that that talk can change their life. I want to put a few days at least. I'm already thinking way ahead. Next Mm -hmm. Wednesday, I'll be before two groups of kids. It's in Mm -hmm. a church. It's in a big Calvary Chapel, the main one. And then right after that, I'm doing a funeral that weekend with someone who's a believer. So I'm saying that to say... When we've lived through so much and there's so much you want to put out, you probably yeah. can't sit still. If I, was, if I was like, hey, I can't preach today. Who wants to preach? You'd be like, mm-hmm. really? And let's like, go. Really, baby? Yeah. Let's go. And then you take yeah. it on and you take the yeah. mantle and you withdraw like Jesus. And you're like, okay, I got to mm-hmm. get along with the Father. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm laughing, true, but I love what you said. The last handshake on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> the, the last Sunday's the coming. coming the bro. TED it's Talk this... is coming. And it's, yeah. I got to get my lead pastor on, you know, Andrew Shea, because. Uh-huh. He is just a warrior. Like, what he's, what's wow. going after him and his preaching? You know what? I'm going to make a promise. The next episode of this, I'm going to intro it to our Corinthians series. I'm just going nice. to only put it online for those who are listening. Yeah. But he launched the Corinthians series. It's so good. I'll probably really? in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, it's Corinthians. But I'm just saying. Yeah, of a course. A lot of our yeah, listeners, I appreciate you listening to us or hear something on porn mm-hmm. or something on this, something on that. But we also need to be able to go through books of the Bible mm-hmm. just for ourselves. So I'll do that but i guess mm-hmm. so that's going to launch later down the line what else is going mm-hmm. on then just the husband i mean being a dad yeah that's as far as you're going through to september motivational speaking skating having fun and then looking mm-hmm. at this chair it's a big deal right that's the whole rest of your year because september yeah, only yeah. starts it then you're going through to december yeah then you're into 2025 yeah know? yeah that's right and uh hopefully by that point hopefully in the pre-launch uh we identify leaders because the reality is Brian, if it's if it's all on my shoulders, if it's all me, yeah, it's not gonna last long, right? I'm, and I'm, and I'm, my my goal, my goal actually is is if I'm able to preach like thirty five Sundays a year, because I'm I'm I don't want to like I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm given opportunities to go into yeah. to Quebec and you know right now I have um, the student leadership conference in Alberta wanting yeah. me to come and speak there yeah. in Quebec in Ontario. Uh, yeah. Newfoundland by by God's grace at California. I'm going to see you in in Florida. Yeah, we're well, so, that we're going to be at a call to action conference. Yeah, let's talk about in that. Florida, Brian. Brian, yeah. tell me a little bit about what are you what are you speaking on at that conference, man? So my buddy Mark Coach, who's been on this episode, does Ride Nature. They they plan. They put all these things together. They're great. They've done ministry worldwide. Hey Brian, mm-hmm. we're doing this thing. Can you be part of it? I know Matt mm-hmm. Chandler wanted to go. I think Francis Chan. They were really friends with him. There was a load of people that wanted to do it, but it was mm-hmm. this year. They're all committed to next year. Mm-hmm. So they've got what they were always going to have us involved because we're the action sports mm-hmm. guys. But I'm speaking on the gospel and Mine. as an evangelist, living it and really all I yes. do is I go back to the three and a half years we see of Jesus's life. What yeah. did he tell us? What do we see? What should yeah. I be telling the church? Because here's what I believe, and I'll say this into what you were saying. Yeah, I would definitely have elders in your church. Like our pastor yes, wanted nine please. elders right away. I right. would say what our pastor does is he preaches two or three um, weekends, but then he has someone mm-hmm. else fill in because he's just yeah, like, you know, on. why wouldn't you have someone else? And and, and the mm-hmm. Ephesians 4, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, yeah. to our listeners, listen, the whole of the Bible is given to us through the prophetic, mm-hmm. through the word. Yes. There's the yeah. prophets. Where you yes. sit in your doctrine, 
Many believe there's no, no apostles today, but there's still yeah. some apostles. People vary on that. Yeah. The idea yeah. is the New Testament is the apostles' yeah. doctrine. They walk yeah. with Jesus, even Matthias, who replaced Judas. Yes. Um, he's given this doctrine. Yeah. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke are writing the first three books, you know, the Gospels. Yeah. Then we have a time period of some Gnosticism, yeah. some fakes, some sure. falsehoods. Yeah. John comes in and closes that canon off of the yeah. Gospels. With oh, yeah. all the things they're saying, no, Jesus is divine, and yeah. the beginning was the word. So yeah. I'm saying what I believe, though, is you get to Ephesians, Ephesians 4, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. Yeah. Yeah. I think many churches don't look at evangelist, pastor, teacher as different. They just mm -hmm. kind of go, well, if you're all showing up and you're climbing the rock wall and you're eating right. and you're doing it. But it says mm -hmm. these things are given to equip the saints for the work Come of the ministry. So yes. pastors will say, why can't I get people to be evangelistic? Who are the evangelists? Mm -hmm. Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Mm -hmm. He didn't just say only preach Christ. There is a work of an evangelist. It's is he saying in the context? Is, you can, so, so if I am on staff at your church and you're like, Brian, I want you mm -hmm. to be the staff evangelist, you know that every mm -hmm. time I'm up there, I could be preaching on the donkey speaking, but it's going to yeah. feel like evangelism. Then you can be like, yes. you know, Brian or Pastor Brian or yeah. evangelist, whatever, you know, none of that matters. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. So I'm saying within a church, I would say what yeah. has been missed the most. Listen, I have a really good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. I should have him on here. When the pandemic hit, he created a business because he was part of our old mm -hmm. church for years where he goes into churches and he realized these mom and dad churches who don't have online access, no one was showing mm -hmm. up for a year or two with COVID. And so he'd go yeah. in and say, we want to help you just get your things online. They do it all from their yeah, home, wow. which was amazing. You know, there's you and your wife, mm -hmm. you're in your 70s, and people love mm -hmm. you. Yeah. So, yeah. But he'd say, what's your vision? He said, Brian, yeah. I couldn't believe that the vision was like, what is the they, vision? And even when he was telling me, there's yeah. no vision. Or it's like, you know, we do potluck, <laughs> so we do this. No, no, no. Yeah. Not what do you do, what's the yeah. vision? And I said What's to him, vision? well, do you know what the vision is? The vision is follow fish. The vision yeah. is go and make disciples. The yeah. vision's the gospel. And like yeah. you said, you said this earlier, and I was going to jump in then. Mm. We have this amazing thing right now with the young, your generation especially and below, spiritual practices. Mm. You can do 500 spiritual practices that year, and you can be so healthy reading 60 books and praying mm. for three hours and doing it. Mm -hmm. But if you're not doing what the coach called you to do, if you're not doing what Rabbi Jesus called you to do, you're kind of getting fat on spiritual practices. Right. Someone just told me Isn't the other day true? that even that church that brought that all out, the kid yeah. and there's nine spiritual practices. Yeah. I'm preaching next week at a, at a Calvary Chapel, and one of the yeah. teachers there is a good friend of mine said, yeah, listen to this guy preach. And their church is who birth the most spiritual practices yes. right now. come on. And he came out in January and said, I've had so much anxiety and depression and stress, wow. but I've been doing all these spiritual practices because we've made right. spiritual practices often a practice that gets in the way of really his presence. So mm. what I'm saying is they're all good. Hey, give me spiritual practices. I'll go on a walk and pray. I'll yeah. fast and I'll read. But when we make the doing, not yeah. the, the sitting with him, so... Anyway, yeah. I just I'm going to be speaking because we jumped around, but but we are yeah. able to track back. It's called circular think, thinking. Yeah, no, to people who are listening, you get it. But but I, I do, I do appreciate it. I yeah. do appreciate the encouragement to to uh, lay hands on elders and to ensure yeah. that the five gifts, you know, 
that the apostle, the pastor, the evangelist, uh, you know, Whether all you affirm five them all or and, not, whatever you say, because you know, I believe there's a capital A apostle, like they walked with yeah, Jesus. Yeah, sure. Then I believe a Dave, yeah. someone like you, you might sit in that well, office because yeah. you have you wear many hats, an apostle yeah. in a sense like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, 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 this is an insight that God gave me a little while ago. Remember the verse in Ephesians also where it says that Christ descended into the heart of the earth and he preached and he led captivity captive and he ascended far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and wisdom. Yeah. And, the, and those are not just, it's not like Paul's just going, ah, above rule, um, authority, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. power. He's not just, yeah. no, these are, these are spiritual spheres. Remember yeah. that it says also this is that, our battle is not against flesh Ephesians and blood, six. but against the rulers, the authorities, and the powers. Okay, yeah. so so Christ is above rule, authority, power, dominion, yeah. and wisdom, and these are not just um, you know anecdotal. No, these are these are spheres of spiritual influence. And what's yeah. interesting to me is this: um, if you recognize that apostles, what do they do? They rule. Yeah. Okay. The prophets, right? They have authority. <laughs> Where where's the authority? Yeah. It's in it's in the prophecy. The evangelist, where's yeah. the power? That yeah. I will I will not be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power, power of God. Pastors, yeah. dominion, right? What yeah. dominion is 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 you gotta care for you, yeah. you have been given dominion, you gotta care yeah. for teachers, yeah. wisdom, right? Yeah. So Christ, he ascended far above all those, by the way. Yeah. He is the head of the church. Yeah. And so these spheres, if you will, of spiritual influence, God appoints people. Yeah and giftings and talents yeah. to ensure that those spheres are active. And mm. let's remember that, like I said, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, yeah. the powers, the principalities, and and, and uh, the authorities. And so I think that recognizing our identity and our place in the bride and in the kingdom, yeah. we're actually, this is spiritual warfare. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. us. Um, yeah. We're talking about hierarchies earlier. This is us participating in the kingdom, you see. Yeah. yeah. And so it's very, very important. Well, my buddy Pete today, who I just messaged, you know, he's been on the show a long time. He's an apologist. He's done all kinds of stuff. Very successful business guy. I said, how is it going? He said, well, I popped my rib out in jujitsu yesterday. And this week prior, the Lord told me you're going to go through some challenges. And he said, I just stepped up to be an elder at the church, at our home church, because they have nine mm -hmm. elders, and I think he yeah. rotated on. He's younger than I am in his 30s. And he said, Brian, yeah. since that moment, the amount of spiritual oppression and warfare. Wow. wow. And maybe there's a hypersensitivity to what it means, because sure. now you're like, how am I walking? we got to realize, too, in Titus and Timothy, the standards for those people to be elders yeah. isn't because they're elders. It's because they're living mm -hmm. that way as a Christian. But anyway, I was just saying to you, I'm, I'm going to yeah. circle back. So it's a conference in April. It's what a call to yeah. action.com. A call to action conference. Yeah. It's in Florida. Yeah. Anyone listening that mm -hmm. wants to go, this is three days of people like myself, like Dave, mm -hmm. and April 18th to the 20th. To the 20th. So we're, so we're yeah. tag teaming. But the point mm -hmm. is, there's main keynote speakers. I think Josh White will be there, you mm -hmm. know, who's from a Door of Hope up in Portland, Oregon, with Tim Mackey mm -hmm. and them. A lot of action sports, but to anyone listening who is focused on outward reaching ministry, action sports or not, Come on. there's so many. Like, I'm doing two workshops. One's on marriage, mm -hmm. um, another one on whatever they've got me. But people mm -hmm. like you and me will be there hanging out yeah. for two or three days. Yeah, there's an outreach on. after. But anyway, back to your Thank point. So, so you're fun. doing all these things. 
You're uh-huh. getting the church going. Um, what was the other point we were making? Just that we're doing these kind of things. Yeah, I think I think just uh, well, I, I had said that hopefully in the pre-launch, I identify people who are yes uh, going to help me because yeah. the reality is is that uh, we can't do it alone, and we're a body, you know. Yeah. And so, yes. and you know what skateboarding is though? What skateboarders are, I think, good at is that uh, I think skateboarders. If you think about the clips that you've gotten, Brian, in the past, the probably some of the best ones, you probably some of those clips probably just happened because you had the faith. You woke yeah, up that yeah, day yeah. and you had the faith that that something cool was going to happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. That you, you didn't out. have, you didn't know exactly uh, how you're going to get out of the rail at what yeah. time. You you know, you, no. In fact, most most of skateboarding is a yeah. big act of faith, and and I think if I can relate ministry, yeah, to, to skateboarding is that I have the faith, yeah. uh, not in my own talent, not in, but that God is going to show up and he's yeah. going to bring the right people along. Yeah. Yeah. And that ultimately uh, his name is going to be glorified. And by God's grace, I'm praying and hoping that this style of church that meets in an American Ninja Warrior Gym, uh, a community where everyone belongs and many believe, by God's grace, hopefully will reach people who are de-churched, unchurched and want nothing to do with him yeah and the only thing i have a challenge with is that ninjas you don't normally see them so like these american ninja warriors are putting ninjas on tv i'm like you know maybe american samurai maybe american mm-hmm. tough guy True. Ninjas. True. my I mean, kids they don't care listen you know, there's, ninjas a spoof, for Jesus. there's a spoof video online <laughs> i'm not putting a link to it but you'll see it somewhere <laughs> it's an annual ninja festival and so there's thousands of people out, and the guy yeah. must have gone up to people on the side of the road and said, hey, have you seen any ninjas today? And the whole yeah. joke of the festival is there's no ninjas. So it's there's like no whatever ninjas. they're waiting for. And the kid's like, I'm telling you, I had a gumball in my pocket, and I went to put my hand in, and it's not there. And I think it was one of the ninjas. So it's like, oh, but anyway, we yeah. have some silliness. But so what are your kind of, um, what's your Instagram? What's the website? How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, okay. So so you can look me up at Dave Johnson on Instagram. That's a lot of kind of, that's kind of mostly where I post my stuff. Yeah. My last name's spelled different. It's J-O-N-S-S-O-N. So Brian, maybe you can yeah, put it in there. Put notes it right or something there like that. Bottom. But check out belongchurch.ca. Yeah. Um, you can also find us on Instagram. Um, you know, we're about to go live with this thing pretty quickly here. Yeah. Uh, just uh, getting my uh, nonprofit status and all that kind of stuff. I, wow. I actually have that already. But anyways, there's a, some finer details that need to be in order before we press play. Yeah. Uh, but I'm more than delighted and really honored to get a share about it for the very first time publicly on your oh, podcast, man. Brian. It's amazing. So yeah, Brian, so belongchurch.ca. Uh, you'll find us on other socials. And if you want to follow me, it's Dave Johnson. Amen. And then for us, for everyone sharing, you know, yes, we hear about a plane. Yes, we hear about um, ninjas. We hear about all this stuff. But you've heard Dave, myself, say many times, you know, about the gospel, about the power, about salvation, about sin. Um, yeah. What would you say to anyone listening right now? Maybe it's one of those kids that's that's, that's caught you years ago and they could see this in yeah. three years. What would you say to someone who's just came out of a plane crash? Probably not too many sure. of those, but what would you yeah. say to anyone about who is Jesus and why do we need to trust and believe and repent? Mm-hmm. What do those words mean? Yeah. Well, first of all, I would say that God doesn't love a future you. He doesn't love a cleaned up you. He love it doesn't love the you that your parents mm-hmm. want you to be. Mm-hmm. That Jesus loves you just as you are right now. Mm-hmm. Right now. Yeah. But he doesn't want to leave you there. In fact, the the reason why 
you and I have this actually inkling inside for greatness is because it's there. Mm-hmm. Is that before the creation of the world, God predestined you, that God thought of you, that God destined you for good works. Mm-hmm. And so he has planted a seed that you are incredibly valuable to him, that you are someone, that is to say that God is one and that he breathed some of himself yeah. into you, that you are some God, that you're made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And that the reality is, is that you and I, we aren't perfect, that we've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. I've And, and, and the Bible says that's sin. And and most people would believe in justice. Most people believe that when when we mm-hmm. when something wrong is done, there needs to be justice. And um, the Bible calls that atonement, where Christ actually came and He took upon our sin. And on the cross, Jesus died and took on the sins of the world. And by putting our trust and our faith in Him we receive eternal life and we are sealed with the Holy Spirit and we're sealed uh, ultimately for a relationship with him. And so, man, I would say to anybody who's listening that God has a plan for you and that uh, before you think about being a better person or doing better, I would just say, hey, listen, Hmm. rest in him, get a Bible, start reading uh, about Jesus and the gospel of John, start seeking and just asking Jesus. And there's something powerful about about, about naming the name of Jesus. Not just saying God, but saying, Jesus, help me. Jesus, come into this heart. Jesus, save me. Start saying the name of Jesus. And I guarantee you, your life will change radically. You're going to be transformed by Jesus because he's alive and he's the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords. And he's literally holding all things together. The very fabric of matter itself is being held together by his word. Guys. I was married, divorced, depressed, suicidal, stopping my skate career. Dave mentioned at the beginning, and Jesus saved me in 2004, and we're alive and thriving today. You've had two testimonies today, but we're just two people. And you don't have to have this radical testimony. The best testimony is that you might think you lived the best life, and you might have lived a great life. But the Bible says none are good, that all of us have sinned and fall short of his glory. Yeah. The very reason why Dave could even be in a plane crash or I'm going to pass away one day or people struggle is because this world is cursed. But God has used his son to do a work and continues ministering through Beyond Church or through this podcast to you. But if you hear his voice, the Bible says, don't harden your heart. Do you know the Lord? You're a breath away from eternity with him or without so I say all that because, you know, this podcast is called the Foolishness Podcast, First Corinthians one eighteen. The message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Do you know the Lord or is this foolishness to you? I'm stoked guys tuned in. I hope it's got some giggles, but I hope you heard the word of the Lord through us. And so Dave, just, would you mind just praying for us? Any last minute thoughts yeah. or anything for anyone listening? Absolutely. Yeah, or any comments? No, I would just say, uh, I would just say thank you for listening. Thank you, Brian, for having me. Amen. And uh, I would love to just say a word of prayer over us. And, and so let's quiet our hearts and let's just invite the Holy Spirit. So Heavenly Father, we just take this moment just to thank you for life. We thank you for breath, Lord. I pray right now that gratitude would rise in our hearts. So we thank you for our families. We thank you for the ability to skateboard for those who are listening who can skate, Lord. And Father, I pray for the person who right now would say they're they're actually really far away from you. They don't know you, that they somehow stumbled upon this podcast. I pray right now in Jesus' name that they would recognize that they are loved by you, that they are not an accident. 
that they're not a mistake, that they have purpose and a divine meaning to their life, God. And so, Father God, I pray that all of us listening would put our trust in you. Every single one of us right now is overcoming some sort of challenge. We're we're going through something. And Lord, I pray that in that something, we would look to you, that we would put our trust in you, Jesus. I pray for this next year, 2024, would we not look back at it with regret, God? Would we look back at it with gratitude and contentment because you have shown yourself faithful? I pray right now that in the areas where maybe someone, I just get the sense that someone may be inspired right now to to start that thing that that maybe they have a belong church in their heart maybe they have a a thing that god has planted in their heart years ago uh but they have for whatever reason just held back i pray right now in jesus name that confidence uh would arise that just vision would arise energy would arise and people and resources would show up lord and i pray that in 2024 god we would be bold for you and that we would step out that every single one of us would recognize that we have been created for this very purpose and that we would lean into that lord would you protect us give us vision for today thank you so much in jesus name we pray amen 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 well, brother, Amen. it's been an honor getting on, talking, and we'll have, to, we'll have to catch up. When you're in the middle of the Hezekiah mm-hmm. series, we'll have to jump yes. in. And I want to hear more about all of that. And um, guys, yeah. go over and hit up Dave. Listen, he's like me. We're the kind of guys that when we're sitting there eating or doing something the time by ourselves, when we're not doing the ministry stuff, we'll jump on the phone. Mm-hmm. I'll reply yeah. to so many people. You matter out there, especially those mm-hmm. who are struggling right now. Um, and to others... Guys, like this thing, share it. Go write a comment. Go say something nice about it. If it's blessing you, that just helps the podcast go places. And I put these hoodies and these, you know, we got a load of the foolishness stuff out on the website. Those support ministry. I I hate pushing stuff, but I'll tell you, these are ways that people have conversation. They know what we're about. We get to invite. So with all of that, brother, great hanging out, talking to you. You can guys can catch up a lot of our stuff at reliancescape.com, right? Our skateboards mm-hmm. are over there, or BrianSummer.net or some of this stuff. So I appreciate you. God bless you all. Amen. See you guys. <laughs>